Are you looking for an amazing vacation getaway right there in the Laurel Highlands? Look, we all know, getting everybody on board, on the same page, budgeting, it can be a real hassle to plan the perfect family outing, or maybe even a little romantic getaway. And boy, have we got one for you, a destination that will please the entire family. Have you heard about the best kept secret in Cambria County? And to be honest, it might even be Somerset County. We don't know! Thousands of adventures await in Mine 42, conveniently located right outside of major tourist destinations like Wimber and Elton. I can't think of a place I'd rather be than Mine 42 right now. They got that sweet 90 degree turn right there in downtown, a roller hockey rink at walking distance, and their own exclusive club too. Hey, maybe if you ask them nicely, you can join up too. But endless escapades will await just outside of town in the Orange Lakes, full of mine runoff. And no two experiences swimming in those lakes will ever be alike. You're probably going to come away with some kind of debilitating ailment. But what if you don't? What if you come away with something so beneficial to your everyday life, like a third eye or two additional arms to help carry groceries into your house? And the deals you're going to get at Bilo and Wimber, brother, you're going to need all four of them arms. So come on out to Mine 42 today and see what all the fuss is about. This message brought to you by Mind42 Tourism Bureau. Mind42! Uh, Mind42 is a calling to you, yeah! Hey baby, this is beautiful Bobby Winters here. That's right, your master of ceremonies for Snydermania 8. But today I'm here to tell you it's time to put them youngins to bed because you are listening to Andretti After Dark. And it is now my privilege to introduce to you your host, coming from a moderately priced room at the Onalinda Inn in deepest Burbank. He is the reigning Podsky U.S. heavyweight champion. He is nationwide, and baby, you know good and well, he is on your side. The Cambria County Coroner, Justin Andretti. It goes to the universe, it goes to Mars, it goes to Neptune, it goes to Pluto. You know, I know you and all them planets, Jack. Because I know everything about you. I know your strengths, and I know your weaknesses, yeah. She took my credit card, she took my horse, she took my money, she went to Hawaii and spent $5,000 on assorted men and papaya juice, Jack. Will you stop? And the t-shirts are too tight too, Billy! But the queen to the top, oh yeah. I don't know! It's still real to me, damn it! This is Stone Cold E.T., and I want to order a couple cheeseburgers, and that's the bomb line. All right, welcome to the first episode here of Andretti AD, Andretti After Dark. Uh, my name is Justin Andretti. I am the Podsky Network's United States Heavyweight Champion. The man has been making towns and riding miles up and down all over this place, all over this whole country for a long time. So, you know, you might have heard me uh, and some of the some of the guests here today on uh, the Podski with John Baker, or maybe even the Tooth and Nail Show. Um, you know, over the course of time, we do a lot of wrestling, a lot of wrestling talk here on the show. But we're starting to do a little bit more too. Um, and kind of what this kind of what this whole thing is is that I just got to a point where you know I started to realize that I had a uh, I had a lot of stories I wanted to get out there, and I have a lot of a lot of friends, a lot of relatives all over the country that are that are professionals of what they do, and I kind of wanted to get them on here and let them tell their story and talk a little bit about their industry and what they want to do. But obviously, there's going to be a little wrestling on here today too that we're going to get into uh, down the road here. But uh, that's kind of that's kind of in a nutshell why we're doing this, just to get more get more out there and tell more stories 
and kind of give back a little bit to, to people that we think uh, deserve, you know, a little bit of a shout out here and there. We're going to, we're going to do a lot of that, you know, here today too, at the end, but you know, it's, I'm really, I'm really blessed to be able to be here. Uh, I got the, I got the mongoose here uh, who you've probably heard on two for now and heard on the, on the pods here a million times. And we also, for the first time ever, we got the grass and the, the grass has been referenced a lot over the, uh, the last eight or nine months since the Podsky started. Uh, I've been, I bring his name up a lot about, you know, some of the crazy things that we did, you know, throughout the, throughout our life. So, you know, that's, that's what it is. There's going to be mistakes here and there inevitably. So just bear with us here. Um, and I really wanted to thank uh, our, our uh, all-time quarterback, John Baker, uh, for giving us this awesome platform and for his help with everything and walking me through audacity and all that. He really is the quarterback of this whole Posky network and, uh, and definitely the right guy for the job. So Baker, we're grateful for you coming up with this idea and giving us th- these, these options of, of adding more content here and, uh, <clears throat> and doing your thing for sure. So yeah, big up. Yeah. Really quick, big ups to you, John, because uh, to piggyback off of Andretti here really fast, the tooth and nail we talked about before was, born out of uh, old computer message boards in the early to mid 2000s. And then we were able to give that a modern spin on the audio format. Um, And this wouldn't have been something that we would have ever uh, been able to bring to fruition if it wasn't for you, John. So not only the fact that you gave me and Andretti a chance to come on here as many times as you did speak and and talk about everything from uh, you know Kenzati's to Eaton Park to you know Lex Luger uh we appreciate it all man and so uh big ups to you brother you're you're good at what you do and we're grateful for it so mongoose look I mean I'm really I'm really appreciative of you too I mean obviously the three of us that are on here right now go back for a thousand years you know we've been friends for for 20 years 30 years 40 years even but you know I'm really grateful too for for you to introduce us to, to Baker and to you know, we had a, an awesome time out here and in, in, for WrestleMania weekend or WrestleMania week, I should say, where I got to I got to say, man, Baker is probably the only person that I've ever met that I've spent an entire week with every second of every day. And he didn't want to kill me and I didn't want to kill him. So that's that's uh, that's a pretty big that's a pretty big thing to say. So, I mean, I really wanted to just put over the. Uh, Put over the show, you know, the Potsky is the is the is the main show, you know, every week. And we got the two finale. Um, Hot Shots Wrestling Alliance is what uh, Baker does every week on YouTube and, and, and on uh, on audio, too, with uh, with JC, who's a great guy. We did the show yesterday. We did a little bit of a, um, a, for a really quick Forbidden Door preview because the Mongoose is going to be out of town next week. So me and, and, and uh, Baker and JC jumped on, just did a really quick Forbidden Door thing to throw up and uh, talk talk really quick about that, which was a lot of fun. I listened to that back today. So if you get a chance to listen to that, that show ended up being pretty good. But uh, you can catch us on social media. Um, the Instagram for the Podsky is at the underscore Podsky. On YouTube, it is at the Podsky, all one word. And you can find me on Instagram, too, at, at Cambria County Coroner. All one word. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. Uh, got all the all the, the the housekeeping stuff out of the way, and we're ready to jump right into this thing here. But I'm I'm super grateful for you guys. I know it's been a little bit of a challenge to figure out work schedules with with uh, three different time zones here. But I'm I'm really grateful for you coming on here and doing this. And now, uh, we would be remiss if we did not introduce the guest of honor. Um, I, if you wouldn't mind, because I came into the fray, I don't know, probably 15 years or so after you guys, uh, you know, got able to get down and get into all kinds of uh, shenanigans throughout your childhood and teen years. So, Mr. Andretti, for anybody that is new, if you wouldn't mind teeing us off with a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you're about, 
Uh, we can then get into the homeboy Graz. And then I would love to tie this in a bow together and explain how I got to meet both of you. So that would be absolutely wonderful. Well, I think everybody back home in Pennsylvania that's going to listen to this show is probably going to know exactly who I am. So to keep to keep kayfabe and to not break kayfabe here, we're just gonna we're gonna keep with the uh, we're gonna keep with the Andretti name here to keep it to make it more consistent to make it a little more logical and not you know jump around from name to name. But it's no secret, obviously, who I am and who my parents are and whatnot. And we're trying to really take care on this episode, especially that. We don't get any heat with the neighbors. It's just my, you know, my parents are still back there, right? These the small town people. We don't want to. We don't want to get any heat with anybody. So you know, we're gonna. We got a, a neighbor next door that you know has got a a, a great nickname. We're gonna call him Otter in this show and not call him what his uh, what his real nickname is. Just keep some kind of anonymity a little bit here. But uh, you know, look, man, I famous and, and, and really quick, the famous Von Eric family down the road. You know, with with all the brothers and then sprinkling a couple of young Von Eric sisters, so that you know that's that that's something that I got to make sure that that we uh, establish early on too. Von Eric's, you know who you are whenever you hear this. So we're gonna we're gonna that's official. We're gonna refer to we're gonna refer to my uh, my relatives as the Von Eric's. Without question, you can't okay. have that many kids and not be called the Von Eric's. Oh, look, it could I, be I, the Grams. Let's hope. Let's hope it, it turns out a little bit, a little bit better than it did for the for the real Von Eric's. That's what I was just going to say. It could be the Grams, but both of these are incredibly, terribly tragic stories. And so, yeah, we'll go Von Eric's around. At least the Von, the Von Eric's were all really good looking. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's that's a good point. They are good looking dudes. So you know, so for uh, for me and the Gras. Um, uh, we we basically met when when he was a student in my mom's. Um, fifth grade, fifth grade math class. So, Graz, do you want to do you want to tell that story real quick about how you and I officially met? Uh, the the greatest story. Saturday morning, just sitting there one day watching cartoons, eating some Fruit Loops or Fruity Pebbles, whatever it might have been. All of a sudden, knock on the door, and there's this kid standing out there. I saw him once in a while, you know, come up to his mother's room, didn't really know him, nothing else. And all of a sudden, he goes, "Hey, dude, you want to come out and play or what?" Meanwhile, had his sweatpants pulled up to his knees, had a hoodie on, rolled up to his elbows, and this cat looked like he wanted to go get in some trouble. <laughs> and, I, I, and that, to the T, is how we met. And actually, that was, what, 30, probably going on 35 years at this point, I would think, right? Yeah, at, at, the, at the very least, yeah. In the very first day, you know, just a quick segue, he had me steal a kid's bike. I did not have you steal a kid's bike. You, you did. I actually forgot. I, you know, look, man. You when you meet when you meet a new friend, you got to put them. In, you got to throw them right into the fire and see if they're if they're able to hang or not. You know. Well, we. I, I shouldn't say still. We really didn't still. We 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 just ribbed the kid. Is is all we really did. And being I was the bigger kid with the mustache already, I told the kid I wanted his bike, and he sort of let me take it. <laughs> Which I could absolutely imagine is is very true that that nine-year-old Graz would be mustachioed, walking around with 17-inch pipes, probably probably a drawn-on tattoo because uh, because the the real stuff was on the horizon. So, yeah, I could see all this. I could see probably a Michigan Wolverine starter jacket in some capacity, depending on the time of year. If not a Michigan Wolverine starter jacket, then maybe like a Jalen Rose tank top or something like that. Jalen Rose tank top. You want to talk about intimidating somebody today, and, and even inadvertently. So today, 
I'm out in the garage doing some stuff and I'm, and I'm blasting some, uh, some black Sabbath, you know, Ronnie Dio era black Sabbath. And, uh, I see our neighbor who we don't even know, cause we just moved in here. We don't even really know this woman, but she's an older woman. She's probably in her, in her seventies. Um, she came out of her house, uh, to do something on her, on her stoop, you know, to, I don't know if she was like sweeping it or whatever. And I walked over there with the music blasting and told her and basically probably yelled at her to, to yell over the music that I had a half a dumpster, out here if she wanted if she wanted to throw anything in the dumpster because they're going to pick it up tomorrow morning and she she looked a little frightened to say say the least so it was uh that was definitely an interesting uh interesting thing from today i would uh if you wouldn't mind could i can i get a can i get a uh shirt and shorts combination please i was wearing a jay white shirt first of all and i was wearing uh virginia tech shorts that's, I, I, that, that would have been my question should have been which wrestling shirt and what college shorts did you have on yeah, whenever I mean, you I, came I, over I, here to and what's even worse is i hadn't i probably haven't showered in two or three days because i just been doing nothing but working and just passing out on the couch at night um because we've been doing nothing we're still on i mean we're, we're basically un- unpacked at this point but you know we were still moving couches in and all that stuff yesterday and it's been it's been quite an adventure you know just to, to say the least so i'm sure i was probably not in the, in the best mood and I had, you know, Ronnie Dio yelling behind me and I'm yelling at some old woman to to use our dumpster, you know, if she wants to throw anything away. So that was uh that was pretty that was pretty good from today. But I got everything I got everything cleaned up. I was just gonna you walked out there looking like majesty, stinking like man, and sounding like Satan. Like this is this that is a has a heck of a triad, man. Absolutely I wonderful. I should have just told her, you know, I should just scream to her. The the sun is just the moon at night is what I just should have yelled at her. Little, little Ronnie Dio. So other than that, I mean, you know, I, so Mongoose, you want to talk about a little bit about how you kind of got into the, uh, got into the three man band with, uh, here at, at one point. I, I'll tell you what, man. And so this is a long and winding road. So as a Ute, uh, way back in my, uh, middle school, uh, late middle school to early high school days, um, I had a friend, we'll call him Joe Coyote. Uh, and Joe Coyote had taken me to um, the Darwin gym uh, where we had grown up and, and you know, we, Darwin we all... gym. <laughs> right. Was we just... can say evolution. So... It's okay. <laughs> I... I was I was using Darwin Gym as my medical facility. Do you know oh, what I'm God. saying? Like oh, so, just to keep it keep it completely kayfabe. So Coyote takes me to Evolution, and um, at Evolution, I had you know there were a couple of uh, you know recurring characters in the Grand Theft Auto that was my uh, you know life at that time, and one of them that I had seen whom I had mistakenly placed at the time as an NPC was the Graz. And so uh, in the same way that you would see a person, you know, walk into a wall or just do the same thing every day uh, whenever they were, uh, you know, whenever they're in that Grand Theft Auto type game, I had seen this tan mustachioed man um, just get his swell on and it felt like if it didn't matter if I was there eight in the morning or eight at night, this dude is in here pounding weights. Okay. And so I was, I was introduced to uh, the Graz from Coyote a couple of times. Um, and then uh, a couple of years later, uh, I happened to be back into evolution or Darwin's, whichever you'd like to call it. 
with another friend of ours, uh, and we'll just call him Strawberry Tom. And so Strawberry Tom had uh, taken me in, and we got to talking with the Graz, and um, yeah, I come to find out that I got a lot in common with this dude. And so uh, one of the things that um, that I was really, really interested in was uh, his establishment of the Kilt Club, um, his, and then I, of course I was very into weightlifting and things at the time. Uh, and then we also had a relationship that was forged on pro wrestling. And so, uh, these talks began to expand and as they expanded, it just turned into some bro time, uh, that bro time then led us to a foray at the midnight buffet at Eaton park. Um, there I had seen a tall fella in a tabula rasa shirt um, that just happened to be our main man Andretti. Uh, and from there, the rest is history. Uh, we all had gotten together. One of the, the first big get togethers that we had was actually uh, WrestleMania 18 in 2002. Um, whenever I heard the Graz say that he was going to order uh, two dozen honey barbecue wings from CK's, I knew that I immediately found a friend for life. And we watched every wrestling pay-per-view together. We bought all those old w uh, NWA TNA shows together. Uh, we would go on to, you know, random uh, random forays into different, uh, you know, sporting goods stores and things like that, looking for nonsense. We went, we did, we, we, we had the, the young man experience. We all sort of got to go through together. And um, I, I went from adolescence into manhood uh, on riding the backs of these two winged birds that happened to be Andretti and the Graz. And so for you, for that, I am forever thankful for you two. And here we are, you know, 21 years later, uh, hopping onto a pod, chatting about not only stories from yesteryear, but, uh, you know, getting to spend some time together in the, in the now times. That's great. And, and definitely you got to go give a shout out to CK's. Oh yeah. We've, we've mentioned CK's a couple of times and, and the old man driving up and down the road in front of the house, not knowing where to, where to deliver the food. That's a, that's been a running joke. That dude is a real life NPC. So whereas I thought that, whereas initially I would have just walked in and you would have been the guy that's always in there hammering weights. Um, I've come to find out that you were, you know, obviously a, not only a real person, but a, but a deep person and a cool dude. Um, that, that guy driving up and down the road from CKs, we've decided and we've labeled him as a true NPC. Literally just, he's still driving up and down Centennial Drive nonstop just waiting to waiting to drop food off at the old man's house um you know hours after it's been ordered probably cold and with a bill over a hundred dollars i mean it's just amazing how much money we spent there when we would watch those well, laker well, games and summer, wrestling that that summer we we kept them open yeah i would say it was easily what two times a week maybe three say, times a week i probably i, I mean I remember times I think we just showed up and just ate dinner there, like, and, and we'd sit down and we'd just play, you know, college football or something stupid. Yeah, yeah, without question. And uh, you know, Graz, we've we've been down the road on the pot a couple of times. Um, not only not only that, but you would talk about places we kept the lights on in. You know, we've we've spoken of the the Ryan's trips, the Ponderosa trips. Oh, um, yeah. So. Yeah. 
And, and then all those midnight buffets. That's the crazy thing, man, is to think how many times we would get wings at 6 p.m. and then head over to the park at, uh, you know, midnight uh, for you to find old shorty that would say, pick me up, pick me up, girl, shake me like a salt shaker. You know, like, <laughs> crazy side story. So you guys remember that old guy that used to work there, a the little goofy and he'd man the bar? I think so. Yeah. Like, like, like a short guy. He, I mean, I don't know if there's anything really seriously wrong with him, but you know, he, he looked a little different when, when I was home last year, he, he was still out there. Really? Yeah. Like, like, like a short little guy, just, 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 you know, it looks weird. You know, he, were you there? Were you there? Did they have the midnight buffet open or no, were you just there they during closed, no. they closed the midnight buffet? Yeah. Wow. They closed the midnight buffet. He was working like the the salad buffet, you know, for dinner time. But I genuinely feel like that midnight buffet like kept, kept people off the streets. Like, like I, I, I seriously, I'm, I'm very honest when I say that we got into no trouble, and most of the reason is is that we always just went to eat at eleven thirty. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It's, it's pretty wild. I think going from well, the midnight buffet to the salad buffet is like is like getting let go from WWE and you have to go wrestle on Impact. Without question, without question, that that poor old man, that poor old man, welcome to the Impact Zone. Who the hell wants as, a salad when you can get fucking as much French toast as you can eat with potato pancakes yeah. and unlimited syrup? What a shame they closed that yeah, down, but- man. That's a shame. Well, Andretti was just French toast. Yeah. That's all that dude ever. French toast. Love. There's not many other things that you need to get, man. That's one, every once in a while, whenever we go there and it's waffle time, that's I just stack that plate up with waffles, man. I understand. Yeah. The game is to be sold, not to be told, brother. <laughs> well, we have we have some pretty big uh some pretty big life news here. I know at least uh, at least me and the Gras do. So, you know, the Gras just changed jobs and I'm super excited for him about that. And he, obviously, you know, I just uh we just moved, you know, here into this, into this house. So it's been just a hundred miles an hour, man, 24 hours a day, trying to get things set up and realizing, you know, what we don't have and what we got to order and what we got to, you know, try to sell. I've been trying to sell stuff on Facebook marketplace and, you know, made, made a pretty good amount of money on that already, but there's just like, it just, it just seems like it just never ends, man. But how, because you, you're, you're, you know, about half a week here into your job already, man. How, how are things going with the new place? Um, I mean, it's definitely a lot better morale wise and you know just overall you know I, I feel better about it um right now it's just a lot of onboarding you know so in, in my industry you know i got to do a lot of the osha training safety training i got a shitload of uh quality training you know that we got to go through so that's really what i'm catching up on here um tomorrow i'm actually meeting um they're having some of the big wigs come out from georgia we're gonna go over and check out the lab and stuff um and go through some T's and C's and, you know, all, all the fine stuff. But definitely looking forward to something here. Um, I, I consider this my last jump of a job, you know, thinking, you know, if, if I can get 15 to 20 years out of this place, you know, like it did my prior, I'll be good to ride off to the sunset. Yeah, man, I, I'm with you. I'm with, in, in Mongoose, I know you, uh, I know you're, you said you guys are going to the beach, you know, this weekend, and you've been going down there with your with your family and your your in laws and whatnot for a long time. What what else you got going on over in your neck of the woods, back home? The first thing that I have to say is that I am incredibly blessed 
that I spend seven days with my in-laws and not only look forward to it, but enjoy it the whole time. Um, and you know, that's, that is just because that's dude, part of the cost in doing business whenever you get married is, and I don't mean to say it this way, but if you do it right, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you marry not only your partner, but you become, you know, part of their family. Um, and the assimilation is not always easy. And um, I do have wonderful in-laws. And so uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, last year was the first year that that we did the uh, Mrs. Mongoose party down there on the um, down there in North Carolina. Wonderful time had by all. I am very much looking forward to watching uh, Collision and then Forbidden Door with my in-laws, uh, especially my father-in-law. My father-in-law is a character. And if I can get the stars to align, I'm bringing them on to either this show or the Podski to do a review of the Forbidden Door show. Um, because it, it his his opinions are going to be the most electric opinions you had ever heard, no matter if, if you had, um, you know, no matter if you know him or not. Um, and so we have, we have that on the horizon. Uh, after that, I'm doing some summer work up here um, in the, at the job that I work in, uh, trying to ready that. Mrs. Mongoose has come on board at the firm that I'm currently employed in. Um, and so uh, the one thing that I've told my coworkers is that uh, you're going to love her. I just hope that she loves me afterwards. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, this will be uh, this will be a lot of time um, spent not only like in the commutes and whatnot, but you know, just in the day to day thing. Um, one of the uh, things that really you know sort of brought that to light as to oh my gosh, here's where it comes, is that I had to dial a client's phone number. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, this is, you know, right before, uh, right before June. And um, the first couple of digits of the phone number were 666. And so, you know, I call that one. And I got done and I go into the I go into the main office area. And I say to some of my coworkers, I said, Hey, I just had to call this client. I said, and I dialed the first couple of numbers are 666. And somebody says, Oh, that one gives me the heebie jeebies. And I said, Well, I dialed it. And you know what I thought to myself? Mr. Crowley, you know, and I just, and I just bowed that. And, um, and the one secretary that works there, she says, you know, are, are, are you going to be doing all this whenever your, uh, whenever your wife starts here? And I said, you know what, I'm, I'll, I'll probably be able to do this once, once, you know, and then that'll be it, but, but I'll get one in. Um, so I am really looking forward to that though, dude. And, uh, baby mongoose, um, had a wonderful year. She just got through with kindergarten. We got first grade on the horizon. She did an art camp last week. Um, she made a, a kitten mug and a whole bunch of other random things like that out of clay. Um, and so, yeah, I got I got no complaints over on my end, brother. Yeah, me neither. I really got no complaints. And just just the the fact that I was able to walk to the grocery store and it was super nice yesterday, and it, and I you know didn't have to worry about the typical LA stuff because we're not living in LA anymore. <laughs> just like it, it kind of just hit me yesterday. Finally, that I had this, uh, a moment of clarity that things are actually get, getting better and they're good. You know what I mean? So at that, uh, that was a big, that was a big feeling. It's just, it hasn't been, hasn't been easy being in LA for sure. You know, the last, uh, the last year, but now it's good. Now everything's good. Now we're in a, in a house and things are, things are going a lot better. So definitely, uh, definitely looking up there for sure with all that. 
So I kind of wanted to just say uh, real quick here too, you know, getting into the show, um, this show is going to have two parts. It's basically going to have two connected parts. Um, the, 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 um, the community swimming pool outside of South Fork PA known as Liberty Park, which is where we're all very familiar with. The three of us are very familiar with and the 90, in the 1977 Johnstown flood. Um, so basically what we're going to do is we're going to start with the flood. Um, it turns out that, that water, <laughs> water has played a hell of a pivotal role <laughs> in, uh, in all of our lives. And it kind of, it, it affected me indirectly. Um, in a sense, it, it wreaked havoc on my mom and dad's wedding. Um, it was an insane event that killed about 84, 85 people in the area, and it's often overlooked for its devastation. So we'll get, we, we're going to get a little bit more into that. Um, it was also crazy timing here with the Gras, who who was uh, who was born, you know, I think uh, about a, about a month earlier, about a month early from the. Uh, from the 77 flood. So, and it, it almost destroyed the pool. It almost destroyed Liberty Park too. So, Graz, do you remember any, having any pictures from your, your mom or dad or anybody from, from uh, looking at that stuff from, from uh, right, right around the time you were born? Do you remember any of that stuff? I, I remember growing up um, before the original house burnt down there in 85. Um, they, they had tons and tons of Polaroids of, you know, just, just right there down along the road um, by the underpass and stuff. That bridge was completely taken out. Um, if you remember that old dam off the creek, you know, yeah, right above your house, there. right above your house. Yeah, that, that, yeah, they they had pictures from that, you know, collapsing and stuff. Yeah, so it, it was it was actually rather remarkable um, when you think about it, especially with the history of Johnstown, where you know the '89 flood, the '36 flood, you know, where, where you know they said, oh, it's never going to happen again, never going to happen again, and you know, lo and behold, it did happen again. So sure. that, that definitely water played a huge, huge part in, in our upbringing in, in more ways than one, indirectly, yeah, indirectly. Yeah, absolutely. So I had, I had, uh, I had my aunt Carol on here earlier, you know, Liberty Park legend and, and, uh, and, and, and somewhat of a historian. <laughs> so she, she lived through it. And I recorded this piece uh, earlier with her uh, because of the timing issues with everyone's work schedules. But, you know, it, we'll, we'll uh, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing you guys' uh, feedback whenever you get a chance to listen to the show back. But she had, she's got a lot of really great things to say about it. And then that's going to, that's going to transition us right into the Liberty Park stuff itself. Um, you know, we got some great stories about the pole, man. I mean, it's, it's where it's the people we encountered, uh, what the place meant to us, some, some lists of best arcades, the best lifeguards. <laughs> and then we're going to dive into some weird, some spooky stuff about the area too, uh, that we either experienced ourselves or grew up with and, you know, Bigfoot, aliens, ghosts, all that kind of stuff, man. We all kind of, we grew up with all those stories and we lived through it ourselves. And then at the end, we're going to, we're going to put some people, uh, like I said, into the, uh, into the end of unofficial uh, unofficial Liberty Park Hall of Fame, but I, you know, I, I really wanted to say this too up front. I know we're kind of joking around here about you know calling certain people Otter <laughs> instead of what their nickname really is, or you know calling calling my cousins the the Vaughn Erics instead of what their name really is. But I just want to put this out there. You know, we're we're going to do our best to not use people's last names, but please just understand that all of us grew up in an area where people are are very much referred to by their last name more than their first name. So just understand that everything we say is out of respect. And if you were included in this, it's because you left a strong impression on us 30 years later. We're not going to, we're going to, we're not going to say anything crazy about anybody. Um, and we think about you all the time. And you're, you're part of the memories that we had growing up and during our, our uh, impressionable years. So just understand that. And we're doing this for fun. I think you're going to enjoy these stories too. Maybe you'll take you uh, taking a trip down memory lane. Um, these stories that have meant so much to us too, but uh, we're, we're looking forward to jumping into this here with the, uh, 
with the 1977 flood. So, you know, we're going to, like I said, I recorded this part earlier here um, with my Aunt Carol. So um, we're going to listen to this part right here with Aunt Carol, firsthand account. Um, And I got some notes here from my mom, too. My mom was nice enough to write down about four or five pages of handwritten notes talking about what it was like for her and my dad. Um, whenever they were going through going through their their wedding planning and in the just the, the fear of this sudden storm it could have could have ruined their whole wedding where they might not even have gotten married right and that's that could have changed the whole course of my life I probably maybe I wouldn't even be here at that point if they if something crazy would have happened at that point but um, we're gonna be we're gonna be posting pics um, from the 1977 flood um, they were taken by my mom you know and just make sure you check that stuff out if you're so inclined you can check that stuff out on my uh, on my Instagram at uh, at Cambria County Coroner if you want to do that but again th- those were taken um, from a from a first person perspective you know seeing the devastation right down the street from their house about 200 yards away 200 yards away from uh, from 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 where you know everybody lived so pretty crazy pretty crazy pictures pretty crazy stories but we're going to jump into that right now with Aunt Carol and get uh, get her perspective on all of that yeah okay we are here today with my aunt Carol who is my favorite aunt on my mom's side, especially uh, she's been gracious <laughs> enough to come here today and uh, give us a little bit of a uh, firsthand account of kind of what it was like uh, being in the area and, and living through the, the 1977 flood, which was a lot, a lot worse than, uh, than people, people outside the area really, um, really kind of understand, you know, the, the, to understand kind of the the geography here, I mean, we're talking about uh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which is which is located uh, in western Pennsylvania. It's about seventy five miles um, east of uh, east of Pittsburgh. It's located in a valley. Um, it's at the confluence of the Connemaw River and the Stony Creek River, and this is a, a place that's had three very significant floods over the years. Well, it just turns out, you know, that uh, one of the other one of the other hosts that's going to be on here, uh, the rest of the show, uh, the Graws. Uh, was born about a month earlier than uh, than when the, the 77 flood happened. And, and for myself, um, it didn't directly impact me in my my life, but it did directly impact uh, my my mother and father's wedding. And my uh, Aunt Carol's going to speak to that a little bit. Uh, so look, Carol, we're, we're, we're happy to have you here. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm fortunate and very blessed to have you here today for sure. I appreciate it. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks yeah, for inviting me. Awesome. I'm looking really looking forward to, to jumping in. I, I don't think we've I don't think we've ever talked about this. I don't think we've ever really talked about kind of what it was like with the flood and, and what it was like, you know, just with my uh with my parents' wedding. No, I I don't think we have. So yeah. it it's a it was a very memorable day. Yeah, for sure. Not only for because sure. of the wedding, but because of what happened. Yeah. So to give to give a to give a little bit of context here about the 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 area and the flood. So there was a very major flood in the Johnstown area, Johnstown, Pennsylvania area in 1889, uh, about 20 million gallons of water rushed into town, about 14 miles away was the dam. It killed about 2,300 people. That was in 1889. So that was that was the first one, the first of three. Uh, that was the South Fork Dam. It was very close to our houses where we grew up, probably about a mile, you know, maybe a mile and a quarter away from uh, away from where, you know, where you grew up and where, where I grew up across the street. But, um, you know, d- despite that insane tragedy, um, there was really no significant flood control measures were, were ever enacted in the area. And then that led right into the, the St. Saint Patrick's Day flood of 1936, uh, where the snow melt and three days of rainfall um, killed about 30 more people. So, you know, it's it's just an area that, that's had um, 
some some weather tragedy after weather tragedy, and, and it's a shame that nothing was ever really put together um, to try to stop that between those two those two floods between 1889 and, and 1936. But then that leads us right into the, the 1977 flood, uh, which is which has been crazy. But you know, it's just um, it, it's just it's wild to think about how that really wasn't that long ago. And there's a lot of people in the area that have very vivid memories about what that flood was like. And I kind of I kind of Frankenstein together. Um, a little write up here about kind of what the uh, what the 77 flood um, really was like. And again, this is just for context so that people understand um, really what um, what this was all about. So, you know, despite no changes um, in flood protection after the 1936 disaster, the St. Patrick's Day flood became the catalyst for major federal support to rehabilitate Johnstown. The Works Progress Administration came in with the task of digging out the town. After the flood wreckage had been cleared, long-term public works programs began, such as replacing sidewalks, roads, and bridges. But to many, it simply wasn't enough, and the White House was swamped with thousands of letters from locals pleading for help. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, responded by touring Johnstown and authorizing the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to channelize the rivers through town. The goal was to increase the capacity of the rivers to, pre to prevent the future flooding after, after two of them had, had already come through. But despite two major events within 50 years, the belief at the time was still that these major flooding occurrences were very rare. And the Army Corps of Engineers had designed the flood control measures for protection against a standard flood. Protection to the 500-year level was simply not economically viable. So at the time, the, the belief here was that these were super rare and there's there was not really a need to spend the money to to protect the city for 500 years, right? We're just trying to get through get through right now a, a general flood, routine flood, um, so that in case something ever happens again, we, we're, we're going to be covered, right? Well, we're going to find out that that really, that really was not the case. So routine tests and checks were completed in the years leading up to the 77 flood. Then in 1974, the Corps of Engineers issued a report titled The Potential for Future Flooding in the Johnstown Area, which failed to grasp the attention of town leaders and the people of Johnstown. And we've seen this in the past, too. This happened after the, uh, you know, leading up to the, uh, the 1889 flood, too, where, where the recommendations of experts um, in the area were, were not heeded. And then on July 20th, 1977, a line of severe thunderstorms stalled over Johnstown, dropping as much of a foot of, dropping as much as a foot of rain in some areas within about a 10 hour period. Small streams, Solomon's Run, Sam's Run, Peggy's Run, carved new channels and smashed through expressways, apartment buildings, factories, and homes. An earth and water supply dam collapsed just outside of Tanneryville uh, just out the, outside of Johnstown and Tanneryville, which is right outside of town, the Laurel Run Reservoir, one of multiple dams that fell that day, despite Laurel Run Dam having a 42-foot-high spillway. In a combined total from the failed dams, about 130 million gallons of flood water and swollen streams overflowed the channel system in Johnstown that was designed to have left the city flood-free. However, according to later estimates by the Army Corps of Engineers, the water level could have been as much as 11 feet higher if that channel system had never been built. The National Weather Service later estimated that this amount of rain in that location should happen less than once every 1,000 years. Well, we got three of them within about 80 years, so that's not, that, did not, that didn't last real well, but the, uh, the death... The death toll would end up reaching, unfortunately, about 85 people with, with property damages 
uh, reached around the 300 million mark around the time. Now, 300 million dollars in 1977 is about 1.5 billion today. So that's quite a quite a significant amount of money here. But hundreds of people were left homeless, took shelter in churches, schools, fire halls, even the dormitories at the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. And after the immediate crisis was over, many small trailer park homes were were established to accommodate those that were left homeless. Despite millions spent to rehabilitate the Johnstown area, the economy never recovered. Many businesses shut down or relocated altogether. The city's population decreased nearly 20% in the aftermath of the flood as people moved away to rebuild their lives elsewhere. So as you can, as you can hear, just with that little recap that I put together from, from multiple websites, it, 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 just a, a, a devastating time um, to be there. Um, and to and to go through that and to and to be a part of seeing you know your your hometown kind of kind of go through something. Okay, so I have um I have my notes here from my mom, so who who was not able to come on the show, uh, but she sent me uh, a, a decent amount of handwritten notes here. So I, I think since uh since this is going to lead us right into how much this really affected her wedding, um in my in my dad's wedding at the time, you know it, who were who were living right there in in Liberty Park. Um, I, I kind of want to just read through my my mom's notes and, and get this story out there, you know, from the uh, from the horse's mouth. So we'll we'll start right here with uh, with my mom's notes. So she said, "To quote Charles Dickens, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. For Paul and me, it was the best of times. We were getting married. We had gotten engaged on Christmas Eve, 1976. Plans were made for making our wedding day, set for August 13th, 1977. We were to be married at St. Joseph's Church in Beaverdale." And the reception was set for St. Peter and Paul's Church Hall in Portage, PA. All the preparations were going smoothly. I bought my wedding gown at Janine's in Johnstown and went back a few times for the alterations. Our bridesmaids and groomsmen, maid of honor and best man, were all set. The invitations were all sent. Paul took care of the booze. <laughs> and of course he did. <laughs> and had the bartenders lined up. I can't. Who were the bartenders? I I got to jump in here. Like who who were the bartenders? Of this, it, it, what 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 gang? What gang of ruffians did my dad put, <laughs> put together for this? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's got to be just comedy to find out. You know, so, I I knew all these people. You know, growing up as a little kid. So I'm sure I'm sure that was a. a fun. There were a lot of people there, though. I know that. There yeah. were about over five hundred. I really? think. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. I, they had a much bigger wedding than I did. So. Oh, much. <laughs> hey, you can't you can't hide money, right? That's that's. <laughs> All right, so let's see here. Where are we at here? Okay, we also had a live band set to play. Um, Dr. Eric Wazork was in it before he was a doctor and married. Have any idea what the band was that played at the wedding? I forget the name of it, but I know uh, Dr. Wazork played the accordion. Okay, okay. So, okay, accordion band. All right. Awesome. They, I they, I had they no played idea. a lot of polka. Yeah, it was a big Polish wedding. Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I had no idea that he that he was in a band that played at my at my parents' wedding. Um, uh -huh. The was made by the women of St. Peter and Paul Church. Um, that was a lot of money at the time, about $4.80 per plate. Uh, they, they ended up paying uh, for 575 people. So, I mean, that's at, at the time, that's a, a heck of a lot of money. Um, everything was ready, church ceremony at 2 o'clock and reception at 6. And then she put... Then came the worst of times, the Johnstown flood of 1970. I mean, look, my my mother was a teacher. She knows how to write and storytell, so it's pretty it's pretty great to read through these notes. Especially, especially she did it handwritten notes for me, which is unbelievable. So, you know, she said uh, the the worst of times, the Johnstown flood of 1977, the night of July 19th. How it rained and rained and thundered and lightning all night long. It wouldn't let up. 
We got about 10 to 12 inches of rain. The Sandy Run Dam above us broke, sending, which is right by the Graz's house. The Sandy Run Dam above us broke, sending tons of water down the creek. Houses were washed away. When the rain finally stopped, we were able to see all the damage in our neighborhood the next day. Our beloved Liberty Park swimming pool was, was partially gone. Route 219 was undermined near the park, and roads everywhere were broken apart. Our neighbors below us, the Cooks, were stranded in their, on their second floor. They lived along the creek. Their house was filled with water, mud, and dead animals. Elmo's Junkyard uh, was right there, too. Junk cars were, were washed away. It was a big disaster everywhere. We had no electricity or water. I remember mom cooking up as much of the meat as she could from our fridge, and she had our little Coleman camping stove. Paul and his buddy, Mike, that's rat, right? Right. Made their way. I'm trying to read some of her. her she's getting a little, a little shaky, okay? So I'm trying to read the, her notes here. <laughs> okay, so let's see here. Okay, Paul and rat made their way home from Beaverdale to our house. Mom was feeding them, telling them to eat as much food as they could. And for my dad and for Rat, that's probably not, you know, you don't got to push too hard to get those guys to eat. So that's, that's good. Um, we had no water. My mom asked our neighbor, Bud, when he thought we would get our water turned back on. He said, our pipes are wrapped around Lamb's Bridge. And that, that's not a good thing. Uh, we didn't have water for about two weeks. The Army brought in water buffaloes for us to get water. My mom was worried, no electricity and no water, and the wedding was coming up. So that's something I wanted to ask you about, just to pause there real quick. The water buffalo thing, I had no idea about. So where where did they put these water buffaloes? I'm not real sure. Um, I think they were on the park road. Uh, I remember that they brought in some, um, like, bottled water from the Coca-Cola company that was there in Richland. And so we ha we had water that way. But um, if, if I recall, they did have uh, like big tanks of water. And those were for everybody in the, in the area, the community. For everybody, right? that's right. Yeah, and we went down to uh, Liberty Park. There was a spring there, and uh, we got water from that little spring. So, uh, yeah, she's right. We, we were without electricity for a week and without water for two weeks. That's crazy. And uh, we had people who were going to stay at our house so for the wedding. So, uh, and like she said, it was August the 13th was the wedding. So uh, my mother was frantic. I'm sure. But, um, why wouldn't she? I mean, why would you not be, you know, at that point? That's right. That's right. So we didn't know what was going to happen. That's crazy. Okay. So, so she said Johnstown was a total disaster again, first in 1889, then in 1936, and then again in 1977. Why did it have to happen now? I was thinking 84 people <laughs> dead this time. My friend from high school lost her life that night in Dunlow. I didn't, I didn't know that. Actually, I did I, know that she got swept away. I think she got swept away in the flood. Yeah. That my mom did tell, me, that she did tell me that one time. Yeah. Um, she and her sister and her nephew were on their back porch when it gave way and they were thrown into the raging water. I mean, that's unbelievable. You know, what a, what a crazy story. I guess two of them died. One survived. Um, but was battered all over body. So sad. Um, looks like one of them lost their son and their sister. And I still think about them and miss them every day, she said. So let me get on here. Okay. You know, your, um, your cousin, uh, Paul Petrunic, 
he he was a dent he is a dentist and he helped identify some bodies through really? their dental records wow that's uh, i mean what a horrible thing to have to do you know right because because some of the bodies were identi uh, not identifiable by their features because they had been in the water for so long yeah i, I so saw they had to go by dental records i was reading today about the um the laurel run dam um flooding through um flooding through tanneryville and, and it said on one of those sites it said that there's still people that are missing from that from that really yeah wow i mean that's unbelievable I, you know i I'm going to, we're not going to tell too many Leo stories on this podcast because Leo's going to be on for his own. He's got so many crazy stories. I, I want to do his own episode, but you know what I remember and probably like, um, I'm going to say it was probably like uh, 96 or 97. He and I walked down along the, along the Creek all the way down into South Fork. Right. And oh. there's right before you get to Billtown, there's that like open plain where it's uh -huh. like a floodplain almost. Right. Um, yes. There were still cars. There were still partially submerged cars that were in that in that mud from the seventy seven flood. Wow. That, well, a lot of them might have been from uh, the Elmo's junkyard. It could be. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, that, that could probably be. is what it is. But yeah, I couldn't believe it. I mean, we were just walking through there, and it was all overgrown with trees and everything. But mm -hmm. we were. I mean, we found cars. We found cars sticking out of the ground and overturned and everything. It was it was crazy. And I, I have no idea. They now they put in like a. Um, there's like a water treatment plant or something in there now in that, in that spot. So I'm sure they took everything out of there and it's not there anymore, but that was, you know, to be 20, 20 years after the flood. I mean, it was, it was pretty crazy to see that. Right. Your, your mom mentioned the cooks. They were actually on their roof at, um, during that, when the water was coming through their house, they had big trees and things coming through. And, um, she was a nurse and she told my mom, she thought they were all going to die. As they, you know, all that water was coming through. I guess it was months and months until they got everything cleaned out because they were really right in the firing, the firing lane of where that flood came through. They really were, and that, and the, um, the road that went across the creek uh, was washed away. So that um, we were kind of isolated. We couldn't get from our house up to St. Michael, and also there through Grambling Town, that was all washed away. So the only way that we could go was down through South Fork, that area, or up around on uh, Rager's Hill Road and over into um, Richland and Geistown that way. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's amazing that Cook's house stood through that because there were houses, there were houses above the pool um, right down there by the, by the Grambling Town Bridge and everything that got, that got completely washed out of there. Right. I know uh, there was a, a, one of my school teachers, as a matter of fact, my seventh grade teacher, um, they had a, a log cabin that was there along the road. And they had to scramble up the, the mountainside, the hillside behind them in order to get away from the raging water. So they were lucky they, that they weren't killed, but their house yeah. was washed right away. I mean, it, it just it's, it's just it's it's so hard to wrap your head around just the the volume and the and the the pressure that comes flying down a hillside when a dam collapses right and that the one of the one above our you know where we grew up wasn't astronomically big i mean it was pretty big it wasn't the biggest dam in the world it wasn't as big as laurel run you know whenever that one broke but just the fact that it came down that hillside and caused that much damage and, and, and washed houses away you know right. and, and and took out part of the pool, took out, you know, the whole, the whole side yeah. of Liberty Park, you know, the swimming pool, which was, 
concrete, you know, that had been there for, for at that point, probably 40 years, you know, just to, to have the pressure to be able to do that and to wash away those roads, even a mile down, you know, a mile down the road and haul, haul cars all the way down to Southward. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible to think about that. It, it really was. Okay. So then she said, I remember walking on Liberty Park Road down near the park a few days after the flood, met up with some of my neighbors and we were talking. I told them I didn't know if Paul and I were going to cancel our wedding plans or not. Didn't know if anyone would even come to it. Um, Art, who owned the pool, um, told me he thought people would come because it would be a nice time after all the devastation, which i that's nice of him to say that. I appreciate him telling my mom that. Um, so the cleanup began. Uh, my dad, so that was, that was my grandfather, your dad, um, went back to work at Griffith Cooster in the Woodville section of Johnstown. It was a mess and had to be cleaned. Paul, my dad, worked on the railroad, and they cleared the tracks, and everyone else cleaned. Our house had no damage, thank the good Lord. Just a little water in the basement. The Johnstown right. business people, that's good. Yeah, that, thankfully. You know, I mean, it's, it's you know, you, you hate to say, you know, thankfully, when other people have, have had so many losses through this, but luckily we were high enough up on the uh, on the hillside that nothing nothing came up that far, really. That's just right. The, just the rainwater and whatnot. Um the Johnstown business people clean mud. I remember being able to get to Johnstown to get my gown. Fortunately, Janine's was on the second floor and my gown was safe. My friend, Diana, was having a new ring cleaned at one of, I should cut off there, one of Johnstown's jewelers and it was washed away in the flood water. I mean, wow, that's, that's crazy. Um, the jeweler replaced her ring, but she said it wasn't the same. She missed the one her husband had given her. So, I mean, look, it's just, it's, it's, the, it's the stories like that that make these tragedies just horrifying, right? I mean, you, you say it's just an item, you know, it doesn't, everything can be replaced, you know, but when you, when you lose your, your engagement ring or you lose your wedding ring in a, in a flood that just had nothing to do with you losing it yourself, I mean, that's, that's really sad to hear that from somebody. Uh, let's see here. Well, it, it, it turned out that we did get married on, on August 13th, 1977. The church was okay. The reception hall was okay. The roads were, were uh, pretty well, and we had water and electricity at our house. Two of my bridesmaids from out of town were able to make it, Linda from Stoneboro and Judy from Warren. We had a rehearsal at the church Friday night, and then a pizza party at Morris Tavern afterwards. I can't, I can't disagree with that. You know, Morris's Tavern, I'm going to plug them right here. <laughs> They won. They won the first Laurel Highlands Pizza War. You know when me and me and T three did that, they got second place last year. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're fired up and trying to make a big run here to, to win that thing. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Father Napic married us. Father Napic, you know, shout out to that guy. He's he was always a good dude. You know when I was growing up and everything. Um, my dad walked. My dad walked me down the aisle. All went well. Our little glitch. The kneelers in the church were polished, and Paul got polished. Oh, <laughs> on his knees on the white tux pants. Wow, that's not good. I'm sure you had to pay for that. That's not good. <laughs> uh, let's see. Linda, a bridesmaid, used some kind of cleaner to get the stain off. Somehow I didn't get a stain on my gown. Don't know how that happened. The reception was fine, and I think everyone had a good time. We figured there were over 600 people there. We paid for $5.75, but some of the guys just came to drink. I, I can't, can't blame anybody for that. Um <laughs> That was not the end of the end of the story, though. When Paul and I went back to the motel in Evansburg, where we had reservations, we didn't have reservations. I don't know what happened. So we 
we towed about three counties trying to find a motel room on our wedding night. We couldn't find one. <laughs> All rooms were taken by flood workers. That's crazy. Uh, there wasn't one to be found. So we came back home. Paul and I were going to live in the apartment above my parents' house since my two bridesmaids were staying at our own house. My mom and dad, <laughs> my mom and dad were, this was a little bit blurry. I'm going to do my best here. My mom and dad were sleeping in our apartment, uh, you know, above the, above the house. Um, my sister, which is you, <laughs> was sleeping <laughs> in her bed. Uh, very late. I asked my sister to go to the couch in the living room, and Paul and I have the bed. She was very groggy and reluctant. <laughs> I said, but it's That's my wedding nice night. Put it. <laughs> <laughs> so she moved to the couch. My parents were surprised to see us at home in the morning. We opened presents on Sunday and then left for the honeymoon at Niagara Falls. On August 16th, 1977, we found out that Elvis Presley had died. I remember a woman in the lobby of the hotel yelling, Elvis is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I worked as a teacher and Paul worked on the railroad. Let's see what else he has. She's got here. 46 years after the flood, we're still together. It was a journey and life is good. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I'm really grateful for her to put all that on paper. And I, and I, I even told her, I was like, I want you to save those notes and I'll just, I'll put them in frames, you know, when I come home next month, I just want to have it. Yeah. I just want to have that stuff. And I, I can, I can hang it here in the room or just to have that story about, you know, what it was like when my, when my parents got married. But I mean, from, from your perspective, <laughs> what, was the, what was that? What was that like having to, having to go through a wedding and, and help out with all that stuff, you know, when all that was going on? Well, like I said, it, it, you know, it was a time of uncertainty because uh, we didn't know if, we were going to get electricity back or the water. And, uh, you know, if we're going to need to give everybody, all the guests, a bucket of water to go to the bathroom or, or whatever. But that, that part worked out. So that, but like, uh, like your mom said, uh, they weren't able to find um, a hotel room. But that, at that time, they, they had a reservation, but they uh, gave it to somebody else because they didn't get there in time. And of course, they didn't have a credit card at that time. So they went all around the place and then around, I don't know, it must have been around two o'clock in the morning. I hear this, Carol, Carol, wake up. We need this bed. And I was like, no, because I was tired, you know, I don't know. And she said, oh, come on. It's my wedding night. And I said, okay. So I got up and I went into the another room. So your mom and dad spent their wedding night in my bed. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, she said she actually she had a bunch of pictures too. Um, did she? I guess she took them. I mean, they look like they're they're from you know something that, that was like a home camera. Um, that are just wild, you know, wild pictures of what it looked like. And I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna crop these pictures and get them posted up on social media, and I'll, I'll I'll plug all that later. But just some of these pictures of just overturned cars, man, and and there's just it looks like a nuclear bomb hit this place, you know, just just right. I mean, right down the street from from, from right. our house, you know, it's it's like what two hundred yards from our house. We've yeah. got all this devastation that just totally went through here, and it's it's just crazy to see this stuff. But um, do you do you, I want to ask you? Do you remember how long it took to get the pool reopened after that? Because obviously, there's a lot of you know. My mom said that the that they came through and cleaned everything up and kind of reset 219 and got everything, got everything good on the hillside, cleaned all the debris out and all that pretty quickly after that happened. 
But I mean, how, how long was it until the pool was back open? I don't even know if the pool did get back open, to be honest with you, because it was pretty well damaged after that. I can still uh, visualize the, the hillside of 219. It was like caved in. Um, but a, bit, a big part of uh, Liberty Park was damaged. So um, I don't know. I don't remember if they you know, fixed it up or not, or if they just demolished it all at that point. And then they, they put in a trailer park there. So do you, do you think that that trailer park was part of um, what I read earlier with the, just the, the te- like the almost like temporary housing from people that, that had, you know, homes destroyed or they lost their jobs and things like, is that how the trailer park started? I'm not sure about that. Um, in fact, I, I didn't even know about that part of it until I just heard you say it. Um, and that thought crossed my mind. It may be, that might, might be, I'm not sure though. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, um, I mean the pool. The pool. I mean the the trailer park had been there as long as I was born, you know. So I, I have no idea at that point. Right. But, yeah, that's too bad that you didn't get to experience the park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> it was uh, um, yeah. So many great stories about growing up, you know, and going to the pool every summer, and and it just being a mm-hmm. just a you know the, the the social the social mecca of everybody at that point. You know, that's where everybody went to hang out. All the local kids and everybody from from the for decades areas. actually. Right. Yeah. So, so my mom had told me that, um, that grandma had, had walked from Fiffic town with her siblings and with her friends all the way to Liberty park, which is about, it's almost three miles one way, you know, to, to make that, to make that walk. I mean, to go there and back in one day, I mean, that's gotta be four hours of your life. If not, if not longer than that, you know, but it's pretty crazy to think that people were walking, people were walking there from that far away to, you know, so, so early. I mean, that, that had to have been, that had to have been at least 1940, right? I mean, at that point, I mean, she would have been, you know, maybe even like 38 for, for her to Yeah, be late late 30s, uh, early 40s, I would think. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have any idea about when the pool was built? I mean, I looked online. I couldn't really find anything about a, a definite of when the when the pool had been um, established. But, you know, at least at least the late 30s, it was there for sure. Right. I think the Hutzels are the ones who uh, started it. But it was the place to be, you know, it was a nice gathering place uh, before 219 came in there. It was it was really a nice wooded area. They had picnic areas there and, and a little merry-go-round. And it was, it was a very nice place. And I think that's why uh, mom and dad actually built their house there. So and then they had the, the little grocery store there, too, when people would come to to get ice cream and, you know, things like that on their way down to uh, Liberty Park. Sure. That's, I mean, I, I never even thought about that, but yeah, you're right. That, that's, that is probably mm-hmm. why they, why they did that. That's crazy. Yeah. So, but things change, you know, and, and, and that flood actually did so much damage that it really did change a lot of things in that yeah. area. Yeah. I think, I think that the thing I found was about 20% population decrease, you know, whenever the flood came through, I mean, mm-hmm. that was, that was the start of the end, right? I mean, then after that, right. you get into the eighties, the steel mills are still going, but now we're starting to lose jobs and we're having layoffs. And now every it, it's becomes, you know, the standard of living starts to go down. You know, I, I think it, right. I, I didn't really notice it until I was probably about 13, but when I was about 12 or 13 and probably like 92, 93 is when I could actually see it as a kid. You know what I mean? Because you grow up in it, you don't even know that things are happening. You right. have no idea. You just... You, you think your parents are rich. Everybody thinks their parents are rich when they're a kid, right? You, you don't even know that you don't even know what, what you're even living in. Right. But, um, but like to, to, to actually 
see the decline and to see just, you know, jobs, people losing their jobs and things are, things are not going well. I think I w- it took till about 92 or 93 for me to actually start seeing that. But I mean, look, that it was a, a, an unbelievable place to grow up. And, and within our little, our little ecosystem right there, you know, at Liberty Park, I mean, you know, you, you meet, you meet so many people and you get to hang out with the neighborhood kids and have a blast at the, at the pool, you know, all summer long. And those summers were endless, you know, at that point, you know, when you're, when you're a kid. So do you, do you have any, do you have any memories about going to the pool whenever you were growing up? Oh, sure. We used to get a season ticket every year and go down there and, you know, hang out with our friends. And uh, they used to have like a little stand where you could buy popsicles for a nickel and uh, big candy bars for a nickel. And you were really hitting the big time if you had a dime and you uh, got a, a glass of soda. That was something special. Yeah. And they had pinball machines and that was where I put my nickels. <laughs> I, I, I told I told the other guys in the in the uh in the group chat that we had, you know, prepping for this, I said that you you can't you you are not allowed to go to Liberty Park without quarters, right? You have to have quarters for the arcade every day. And if that <laughs> meant stealing them out of your mom's purse or stealing them my so my dad used to have a uh, a plastic Pepsi cup, a big plastic Pepsi cup that he would keep in the in the cabin and in the kitchen and he would come home from work with a bunch of change and throw a bunch of change into that cup every time he came home right one that time everybody <laughs> still used paper money and used change right so i would dig through that thing and steal quarters out of that thing every damn day and, I, and like, he would he he knew and he would he started yelling at me and like i would tell him i didn't do it or tell him that i'll stop doing it and then the next day I was like, I, I'm not going down there without having at least a, at least four or five quarters in my pocket to go play games. Wow! So you know, you gotta you gotta do it. It's one of those things like you you had to you had to have money to go down there and, and hang out for sure. <laughs> well, you were hitting the big time with a quarter. I only got a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a there was a tragedy down there. You know, I think that should be at least mentioned. We don't need to name names, but um, were were you were. Did you have any recollection of that, of, of somebody drowning at the pool? Uh, in, in, I think it was yes. in the 60s or the 70s, right? Yeah, um, I don't know exactly when it happened. But yes, I, I do recall that. Uh, he was a, a young trumpet player, as a matter of fact. He was he was really good, too. And um, I guess he got caught. Um, I don't know if it was the air filtration system or a pump or, or something that he wasn't able to get away from it. And the owners, um, who was a physical education teacher, jumped in, tried to get him out of there, and he couldn't pull him away. So he had to jump out and turn things off. And uh, unfortunately, um, he he died. So they you know they tried and tried to resuscitate him, but it didn't. Of course, didn't work. I mean, it's 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 also crazy to think that that pool had been there for so many years before that, and it, nothing had happened. I mean, to, to, I mean, at least at least that we know of, you know, nothing had happened where mm-hmm. something like that had happened to somebody. It's just really sad to hear that. You know, it's, it's such a place that I mean, that place that has has so much good energy and and just so many positive memories and positive vibes about that place that everybody I've ever talked to, stuff I've read online about people that, that you know, memories of Liberty Park and stuff like that that. Everybody looked forward to it all the time, you know. It was such a ha- such a great place to go and, and spend your spend your time as a kid in the summer and all that. You know, just to to have those instances now and again, you know, like the flood or like the you know like a, a tragedy like that is really it's really sad to hear that kind of stuff. They had a dance hall too, but yeah, uh, yeah. they 
unfortunately, by the time I was old enough to go, they had stopped having the dances down there. But I can remember seeing all the cars going down and I could hear the music playing as I really wanted to go. So you'll have to ask your mom about that. I think she got to go. So she, I think she did, she did go a couple times, but I, I want to ask you, did, did, did grandma ever do that? Did, she, did they ever walk all the way up from Fiffic Town to go to dances at the, at the pool? Um, that I'm not sure of. I don't, I, I know my mom loved to dance, but uh, I don't know if she did that at Liberty Park or not. Yeah. I, think uh, had, had I know a, there was a, some in the, in the South Fork area. Yeah. I think that's where she probably went a lot. It was just the, to the ones in South Fork. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She and her friend Reba. <laughs> nice nice any so, other any other thoughts you got on the pool or any any memories you have of any particular stories you want to you want to put out there into the into the universe at this point? <laughs> no it was just a it was a nice area to grow up you know all the kids got along together we'd play baseball and kickball and marbles and you know tin can alley at nighttime under the street light and um we would just have a lot of fun so good yeah. very good memories of it yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're we're lucky to we're we're fortunate to be to have grown up in a in a little a little small community like that where everybody was pretty good. You know, we never really, right. never really had too many uh never really had too many problems. And I think uh even in the even in the times where I went to the pool um as a kid like over the summer because I mean, people came from everywhere. People came from all over the place, you know. And, and sometimes we would even be surprised that a family would drive from so far away. I mean, there were people from like Davidsville and places like that where they would come in and swim at the pool, you know, that we would run into every summer. But, um, you know, I think that the, for the most part, any of the instances that I remember where, you know, there were people getting in fights or something like that, it was all just people from outside, you know, it was never, it was never like our community that had, that had really any issues. And it was, it was really a, a special, a special place to grow up for sure. Right. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, hey, and Carol, you know, you know, I love you very much. I'm super <laughs> grateful for you jumping on here and doing this. I mean, I know you took time out of your work day to, to get on here and chat a little bit, but I'm super. Well, it was a lot of fun. Thanks yeah. for having me on. Absolutely. I'm super excited about it. I'm sure we'll have you back at some point and we'll, we'll figure out, you know, more <laughs> stuff to chat. Maybe we'll talk about home ownership. We can, in that, in what, it, what <laughs> it's like to have to repair homes. We can talk about that at some point. So that, that might be a, that might be a good one here for another time, but I, I really That's appreciate good. you coming on here. Um, definitely, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk soon and we'll definitely, we'll definitely get together soon too. Okay. Take care. Yeah. These turbulent wars have raged in our homeland for three long years. Skies full of pepperoni grease. Streets red with marinara sauce. Our children fight in the barbarian arenas of every local township in hopes of winning a single, beautiful onion. And yet the Laurel Highlands Pizza Wars continue. This year we'll see the pizza warrior himself team up once again with local favorite T3, as they desperately attempt to settle the score, to help end these mindless battles, and crown, at least for one year, who is the new Laurel Highlands Pizza Wars champion. But bad blood remains. After last year's surprise, Marlene's Pizza took the championship from Morris Tavern. Can Morris Tavern get back on top? Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the queen rise to the top, oh yeah. Will Marlene's repeat as champion? What just happened? They got the holy you-know-what beat out of them, nationwide. And I don't mind telling you, I was wearing... 
Or will a newcomer arise and upset the already fragile pizza balance? This July, it will be a war you wouldn't believe. From town to town, county to county across western Pennsylvania, throwing more crusts out the truck window than ever before. The war rages on. Okay, I hope you I hope you enjoyed that that uh, discussion right there with my aunt Carol, who had a lot of great perspective uh, from somebody who lived through that that tragedy. And, and you know, the notes from my mom and everything were pretty awesome too. There was there was a lot of stuff in there that um, that I didn't even know. I did, there was you know a lot of a lot of things that she said in there about you know people that played in the band um, at my parents' wedding and the and the, the amount of people there. I had no idea there were that many people at their wedding and everything. But that was pretty crazy to hear all that stuff. So you know, getting uh. Jumping right back into it here. I know, you know, Mongers, you said you had something you wanted to say about uh, about the local area. I do. So uh, one thing that I want to build on that I have to say fast is that Papa Mongoose um, has a story. And I, I, I wish that I would have been able to speak with him before uh, we got on here. But I do believe that it was a yellow Mustang, and I do not remember the year or the speci- the specificities about it, uh, but it was like his dream car, and that car was lost in the flood. Um, that it was something, you know, down payment was down, whatever it was. Uh, it was 1977, so it was right about the time that he was going to be either graduating high school or um you know, had had saved up the money for this particular car, and that car got lost away. And so that was one that always stuck stuck around with me whenever it comes to that uh, to that particular event. Um, now, what I did need to say is that when you had mentioned last names, because we've moved to three different parts of the country, and Andretti, you've literally crossed the entire country. You know, over the course of the last twenty years, I strongly feel as that. Western Pennsylvania is the only place that I've encountered where you refer to people uh, exclusively by their last name. And I had to absolutely retrain myself whenever I moved to where I currently reside to say people's first names whenever I'm talking to somebody else, uh, because I find I, I sound like a total outsider. Have, have you guys encountered something similar? Well, let me tell you this, the piggyback off of that. It got worse for me. It got worse for me because I, when I, when I first moved out here, I jumped right into coaching. And when I was coaching, you call everybody by their last name. Right? That's, that's what it ends up being, especially with football, you know, but we end up calling everybody by their last name. So I actually feel like I got worse with it. Yeah, well, that, that, you know, that's a very underrated thing to say, because that is something that, you know, whenever I'd spent my seven, eight years uh, doing where, yeah, that that is the way that that is the way that you go about it. And then you get into civilian life and you call somebody, especially if it's somebody in like a, you know, like a higher ranking professional type thing, like it's it it's the most endearing thing personally. For me to say it in that way, it's very personal, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it comes across as very much disrespectful to, to, you know what I'm saying, to the people that are outside of the circle. So what do you got, Roz? Anything anything out your way? I, I actually uh, influenced, you know, like I said, the past company I just worked at uh, 15 years. I actually influenced where majority of that, majority of us actually called each other by their last name. 
Because, because for some reason, you implemented it. Yeah, like, like, like the guy that used to work under me, um, I, I literally, you know, his first name was whatever, and, and I just started calling him by his last name. Um, same thing with my quality manager and, you know, a bunch of the other guys. And some guys we still call them by their first name, but for the most part, you know, that's re- really how it went. Uh, you know, so you take the boy out of Western PA, but you can't take the Western PA out of the boy. Oh, I'll never. I, I mean, it, it's that's that's perfect. That you can you couldn't have said it any better than that. That's for sure. Out, out there calling, out there, out there colonizing the mountain time zone. I love it, brother. <laughs> hey, All right, so I, I actually, we got our own time zone. We're, we're actually Arizona time. It, well, you, you know, know the thing that I love here? about that. Here's here's the one thing that I'm very envious about in uh, Arizona, is there is no bigger jig that we live through day by day, year by year, than the daylight savings time thing. All right. Yeah. Uh, all this is, is that somebody somewhere decided to plop in daylight savings right around the equinoxes just to throw off all of our internal vibes, man. And I do like that Arizona says enough of this light is light, dark is dark. You know, there is a, there's a, and I don't know if this is a true like Native American proverb thing, but it's something that's been attested to uh, them is that they had said that, you know, only the white man would cut a foot off of the end of the blanket and sew it to the top of the blanket and think that they made more blanket. That's awesome. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's all daylight savings time is. It is such a J.I.G., man, complete jiggery. And so the fact that Arizona doesn't subscribe to that, I got a lot of respect for that state. That's great. And, and I'm thankful they don't because it's already bad enough when it's 110 at nine o'clock. Oh, you know, yeah. So being a worse. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But uh, the second part here that we're going to jump into uh, together now that we talked a little bit about the 77 flood was, um, you know, the, the, the swimming pool, you know, Liberty Park uh, swimming pool, which is a place where we grew up. Um, you know, look, I, I wrote a little thing here, you know, long, long before social media was ever invented. Our social network revolved around a summer epicenter, our big local community swimming pool known as Liberty Park. The pool was the gathering place, not just for locals, but also for the entire surrounding area. For those of us too young to be able to drive to the mall or didn't have the money to bribe Draws' older brother or cousin Bobby for rides, the pool was really the only place to meet people from other schools. And by that, of course, I mean girls. And generations of teens, preteens, and adults frequented the pool, some for their entire lives, summer after summer. And looking back on all of this 30 plus years later, I think we can all say pretty confidently that we would give anything for another seemingly endless summer of swimming, trying to drown our younger siblings and relatives, pumping quarters into arcade after arcade, eating cardboard pizza that couldn't possibly taste any more delicious. And then in those evenings, after hours, having wacky adventures with our friends and with our relatives. And for us, that pool meant everything. It was what we did all day. It was what we talked about doing all night. Wake up and repeat. And although the pool is sadly no more, the friendships we created and memories that we still have to this day are periods of our lives we could not possibly put a price tag on. And I'm, I'm again, guys, I'm just so excited to be able to come on here and just uh, talk about some of these crazy stories. And uh, I know this is going to trigger even more memories that we have, um, you know, going uh, going back in time here and doing a little doing a little time trip for sure. So I, oh, I, absolutely. I, I, I need to jump in really fast because this is what's crazy about this. 
is that I went to the Liberty Park pool for years, um, you know, from the time that I was able to splash into the kiddie pool until I was in late elementary school is when I believed it closed down. And um, I'll tell you what, man, like the crazy thing about this is that it wasn't until I was in like third grade that I realized that it was even in my school district. I I didn't I I didn't have a, a, a proximity for well, it's one of the where... biggest it's one of the biggest districts in the whole state. Yeah, in, fair, and, in, fair, and, in fairness and, to you, in fairness to you as a child, right? And and what's what's really crazy is is that my so my um, mother's side of the family was all born and raised in Johnstown in the West End or resided in Cambria City or whatever, and those those relatives. They would pick me up, and when we would go to the pool, we went to Liberty Park. And so I had always assumed that it was a Johnstown thing. Do you know what I mean? Like Because, again, I didn't have any proximity for space or how close it was to anything. And it wasn't until I got into the middle elementary years uh, that I realized, oh, my gosh, so many of my friends are here. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then obviously you get older and you get into middle school and high school and it's talking about these middle Liberty park memories. And, um, you know, it's, it's really crazy because when you had said about meeting people from other schools and everything else that my Johnstown city family would take me there because it was the local pool. And that made me feel like it wasn't local to my school. It was, I don't know, man, it's a really, really mind bending thing for, you know, an eight, nine year old at the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, when you're that age, you know, it's rough to grasp it. Fortunately for me and Andretti, we were a little bit older. So, so a lot of what we had. And we also we also walked there every day. We 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 just it was a, just a, a short walk for you and I to get there every day. He he was driving. Every walked day. there, lived there, spent the nights there. Yeah. So I, the I pool- mean, for 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 people for for people who never had anything like that, the easiest thing I could equate it to, if you ever saw the Sandlot, when all the kids go to the to the pool, they hang out, or the scene in Caddyshack, when everybody yeah. goes to the country club and they're at the pool. Sure. Something, something similar, similar along those lines is really what it was. That that lot resonates with me big time, it's, especially because yeah. the last summers I remember there, I was nine, ten years old. So that that's a yeah. really, really good one there, Gross. Yeah. So the so the uh, the pool itself, so Liberty Park is is probably about um, eight and a half miles from downtown Johnstown. Uh, so it's it's a little bit outside of town. Um, it opened prior. It opened prior to at least 1940 because my grandmother and her friends and her siblings were were walking there every day um, from uh, from Fifficktown, which is even farther farther away than South Fork. Um, as accurate as I could find it, um, really on a on a Google map, it looks like it's about 2.8 miles each way. So to walk two and a half, you know, 2.8 miles each way in the morning. I mean, that's, that's a long time <laughs> that you're, that you're walking on a, uh, on a, on a pretty dangerous road to, to get to, uh, to get from, uh, to get from Fiffic town to, uh, to Liberty park. I mean, that is just crazy. It just how, how times changed, how far away they came from uh, to walk that far just to get to the pole. Well, well, and even back then, you know, you got to remember they probably had sock hops and, you know, a lot of stuff. Remember they used to have those dances and stuff. Yeah. So, was, you know, so I imagine back in those days, that was the place to be. You know, you, you, you think about like happy days or something, you know, along those lines. 
you know, the, the, the kids wanted to have somewhere to hang out. Yeah. You, know, you got a central pool, you had a dance hall, you had a, you know, concession stand, you know, whatever else they may have had at that time. I mean, that's definitely a place to meet early, you know, and as you alluded to, if you want to meet girls or boys from the other schools or your own school or whatever, you, you don't have a driver's license, you know, back then not everybody had cars. So, you know, you hoofed it to go hang out. My uh, my mom seemed to think that they that they were having the dances every Wednesday in the summer. So my but my aunt Carol said when I talked to her earlier earlier today that she doesn't remember going to any of the dances and they had quit they had stopped doing that by the time she was old enough to go down there. But she remembered being a uh, uh, being a you know young being being young and hearing the music from down there. So I don't know what year they they stopped doing that. But my I think my mom used to go down there and I'm not sure if my grandmother ever did walked all the way up there for the dances. But they, my mom thinks they had them every Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So the pool. Go ahead. What I was going to say is, is that uh, what I like, you know, a, a fond memory of mine that that once you had mentioned that we were going to be doing this episode was that for several years, um, you know, maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine year old birthdays. The thing that I did was I went to Liberty Park and the best part about it was um, every year my parents or whatever would call into Power 92. And so I would they would they would play the the, the Beatles. They say it's your birthday and they would do it at like whatever, eight o'clock and then 10 o'clock and 12 o'clock. And I'm thinking 10 o'clock is sticking with me as being one of the times that they would do the announcements for the birthdays. And there's there's several years of my childhood that I can remember going there and hearing my name on the speaker of them playing Power 92 oh, while yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, you know, while they were there. And it would be my birthday day and me feeling like I was the you know king of the world or whatever. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking yeah, of that, they, they, I mean, they, they, we could have made a, we could have made a whole list too of songs that we remember <laughs> that we remember hearing at the poll. I mean, that's the first time I ever heard Faith No More uh, when Epic when Epic was a single, and and I yeah, they're one of my favorite bands ever. You know, probably ever since then. So it's pretty crazy how that stuff just just uh, how you just uh, you you get that impression of something. You know, that that uh, that early in your life. Well, speaking of impressions. Do you remember some of the Power 92? Really quick, quick, Roz, that um, that birthday song, because of that, my kid's birthday every year, I play that Beatles song because of that, because Power 92 would play that Beatles song and then go through birthdays. So go ahead, Roz. That's great. No, I was just saying, I don't know if if you remember, um, Andretti, but a couple of times that those Power 92 guys and girls were there. Oh, I forgot about that. They were straight up pricks, though. Yeah, yeah, they cause, weren't cause very friendly would, they, when they would come around. That was yeah, yeah they weren't very friendly. You know, because people would be like, you know, you, you know, you're a pseudo celebrity, right? You're on the radio. You know, people hear you, you know, wherever. And I just remember a couple of the interactions. They they were really just you know pricks to you know to put it politely. <laughs> well, Dude, you weren't a pseudo celebrity if you were a, a Power ninety two DJ. Like you, everybody knew you. Like everybody listened to Power 92. 
And the people that didn't want to listen to Power 92 still know who they were because their kids listen to Power 92. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what's pretty wild about in, that. In, in fairness to those guys, they had a lot of snot-nosed kids walking up to them every day saying, play this song, play that song, play this song, play that song. So I'm sure they, I'm sure they got their, I'm sure they got their ass whipped pretty, pretty frequently by everybody down the pole, whenever we were all down. And I'm sure I'm, I'm just as much to blame for that as everyone else is. All, all, all the kids calling into dedication night, wanting to make a request and dedication to their loved one. Yeah. I remember that too, man. I remember that too. But that, you know, the thing that my mom reminded me of too, was just how cold that water was, especially in the morning. Dude, because it, it's, Spring fed. It was spring. It was spring. You know, so, it's spring water. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I know that firsthand because, you know, the house I grew up in, if you remember, you know, it, it was spring fed, you know, water to the house. If you remember down the back road there, it looked like the Goonies. I remember down over the hillside there where you open up the door and you saw the old ab- abandoned mine tunnel. Dude, I was scared to and, death to go in that thing outside of yeah. your house. I, I used to, I, I was always scared to go in there. And, you know, and it didn't matter any time of year. It could be midsummer and 100 degrees. It didn't matter. You turned on our cold water. It was crisp, chill, I don't know, 45 degrees, you know, 50 degrees, ice cold water, I mean, off the tap. So that big spring, you know, up above it, you know, coming down off 53 there, that that, that whole hillside is nothing but a spring. Yeah. Yeah, that water was cold, man. Yeah. My, mom, my mom said that she, used to, she remembered being really young and taking – um taking swim lessons down there and, and not even wanting to go because that water was so damn cold first thing in the morning. Well, if, if you remember, you know, we would always go Memorial Day weekend when it opened, you know, whether it was us, you know, with the Von Erics, maybe not, maybe some of the Von Erics, you know, maybe um, um, the, the the little kid from the trailer park. Yes. Willie. Willie? Okay, Willie. I, I was trying to think of a name. Yeah, I couldn't come up with one. So, so we'll call him Willie. Um, and anyway, we would all jump in. And I remember the one year we jumped in and it was 58 degrees. Oh, man. But we just but we just wanted to jump in to say, hey, we jumped in on the first day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, let's 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 do I, I want to do a little fun thing here before we jump into the into the stories. I know everybody wants to hear the crazy stories, but, you know, I, I wanted to talk about this. We can't talk about Liberty Park without immediately mentioning the arcade room right there's and there was no wiggle room here you you had to show up every day with quarters i remember being a kid stealing change out of my mom's purse <laughs> stealing stealing money yep. out of my dad's out of my dad's pepsi cup because my dad would come home with change every week you know from work uh, but it, it was it was just a necessity man you you could never go down there without having quarters to play the arcades you you need a quarters and you needed two bucks for two slices of pizza yeah <laughs> so, so here was here was the here was the thing with me is i and if my memory is incorrect then forgive me but i am fairly certain that papa mongoose the company that he had worked for had arcade games there and so i hope that this is not a created memory and i will have to verify it with the old man when i see him this summer but it stuck in my brain because there were many places where I was able to do this was that when Papa Mongoose would go in there to cash out the machines, he could open the box and just give me a hundred credits on a game. And so yes. there is a location that I, in my, in my mind is Liberty park where they had punch out. Correct. Yes. 
because because yeah. in my brain I was playing I I fought bear huggers seven hundred times and I was seven years old so I couldn't beat him. Do you know what I mean? Because like I just couldn't get around the ooh ooh. Um, and so I I don't know, man, but that's that's something that really stuck out to me was was being able to be there. And now this wouldn't happen during hours. This would always be either before or um, after park hours. Uh, but so typically it would be before because obviously after hours would be God only knows how late. Um, and so, yeah, I, I in 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 the uh, you know the hazy sort of you know six year old mind of mine, uh, I'm in there playing uh, Super Punch Out for free for a while. Uh, and I'll tell you what, man, perks of being an amusement, uh, an amusement game son. Um, not only did we have that, but, uh, you know, at one point in time in my life, we had uh, the Monday night football pinball machine in the garage uh, where we could play that. Um, we had the Playball, uh, Playboy pinball machine, which sounds, you know, sounds, you know, oh my gosh, up front. But look, man, it was, it was a very, very, especially compared to now, it was pretty PG 13. Um, and to be like 10 years old is pretty risque. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so those, those things were all awesome, but yeah, man, uh, that arcade, that arcade was legit too legit to quit. Um, and, and, and I don't know if Andretti wants to jump to it or not. I, I know he had it in his notes, but you, you, you brought up about playing games for free. Yeah. Say it, we, say it. No, no, no. Well, I'll let you, you know, this is your podcast. I'll let Look, you, you got into more trouble with this than I did, so. I didn't get in any trouble. Willie got in trouble, remember? Okay, so basically, you know, you bringing it up about playing the free games. Um, at one point, there was a coin gate conspiracy that was going on at Liberty Park. I want to yeah, I'll try and think what game it was. was it I can't remember. I know. I think at one point it was Time Soldiers, right? Uh, well, I, it was either Time Soldiers or Mercs, because that's the two I came up with, because you know, for your list of top ones, and I couldn't remember it was the Time Soldiers or the Mercs game that they left it open. And, and so just, it was we just, it, the guy, the guy who came to take the money, accidentally left the left the door open for the coin slot. So everybody what, in there, what if it was what if it was my dad? It could have been. It could have been. It, like I'm, I'm <laughs> but we played. I mean, all of us played thousands of free games that day and it just playing that one that one particular game over and over and over and over again and we had the uh the owner's wife was on a freaking warpath dude and she was so so pissed off at us over over everybody playing those free games but i thought gross i thought you were you were one of the ones that got uh got nailed for that no well no if you remember what happened was we were gonna go to the drive-in remember we were walking down going through darwin's yard and it, it, not not the owner of Darwin's gym, just to yeah. clarify. Um, and if you remember, that's when um, Willie's mom yelled at the top of her lungs, "Willie, get away!" And, and pretty much mama, went bananas. Mama Grizzly. Yeah, 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 Mama Grizzly, Mama Grizzly mama went Grizzly. nuts. And yeah, she yeah wasn't they, they, they uh, reprimanded us and saying, "How could we take money away from you know the park owner and this and that?" I was like. Um, when I was 16 at the time, whatever, 15, well, we whatever it may be. I think we were all, I think we were younger than that. You know, 14, 15, like, what, what do you think I'm going to do? It's a free video game. But yeah, that was the, the reaction that Willie got. And I did, I'm a grizzly definitely uh, led into him on that. 
<laughs> so I, I, I asked you guys to come up with a uh, kind of like a top five arcade. Um, and if you don't have five, that's okay. We can just go back and forth here. So my, my number five um, was going to be pole position. And the reason why I said pole position was because I believe that was the first arcade I've ever played at Liberty Park. And it might be the first arcade game I've ever played. Yeah, that, that 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 was definitely a good one. Did you um Gross, did you have did you have a list of arcades you remember from from playing down there? Um I remember if you remember that one awesome pinball one, it was the Black Knight. Oh yeah, the Black movie. Knight was great. The, the the one that um the big guy, um Aaron. Aaron, yeah. Aaron would play all the time and then we would play it. But yeah, that that um, I, I wanted to say, was it the Takan fighting game or that one console where we could fight all the different guys, different guys? So I had, I had on my list, I put Neo Geo Samurai Showdown on my list. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what it was. The Neo Geo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mongoose, do, you, do you remember any of the ones you played down there, Mongoose? I knew Punch-Out. Um, yeah. Aside punch from Punch-Out. Yeah, aside from Punch Out, the only thing that I knew that I would have played would have been pinballs, and that is because I've played pinball games since I was three years old. Um, only because, especially being uh, a son of an amusement man at that point in time, it was something that even if I wasn't any good at it, that I could play and feel like I was doing something. Um, and so that that's all I have is is Punch Out was, and to be able to get that verified was good because. I know that I was in the punch out game, but as far as the, uh, as far as the other games, pinball broadly, I can't remember a specific one. I actually have a um, uh, Carrie, uh, excuse me, I guess Carrie's wrong thing. Call, we'll call him, we'll call him um, Jeffrey Von Eric uh, on the line right now. I'm trying to get his uh, top arcade games really quick. So you guys talk. I'm going to see if <laughs> I can get awesome. something from him really fast. I'm so 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 Jeff Jeffy Von Eric, who we also affectionately refer to as uh, Slovak Ibushi on the on the podcast. So you know we I have I haven't talked to I haven't talked to Slovak Ibushi in a minute. I talked to uh, I talked to Danny pretty often, you know, but I haven't talked to I haven't talked to Slovak Ibushi in a minute. But speaking of speaking of pinball, um, the one I wrote down that I really remember was the pinball game with the with the sexy robot. I mean, Gross, do you remember the name of that one? No, I, I don't, but I know what you're talking about. Because everybody wanted to play that game too, and I can't remember what the hell the name of that was. Well, that could because they had two or three, two or three pinball games. Plus, yeah, you know, they were down there, and then eventually, remember, Mortal Kombat was down there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who, 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 who really didn't like the Mortal Kombat? Um, you know, still the did they, have, did they have Primal Rage? Probably because. because... If they had Primal Rage, then Primal Rage would be up there. I, because, man, did I love Primal Rage, dude. And I can't remember if Liberty was one of the places I played at or not. But, of course, you know, I was a Mortal Kombat guy as well. But, dude, Primal Rage, when you had that, like, red ape, you know, that Velociraptor. What a game. What a game. Yeah. I also, for my, yeah. I had a couple of honorable mention ones written down, too. Do you, do you remember playing the Excite Bike arcade game? Oh, yeah, the arcade game. I mean. I I love the Nintendo version, but yeah, the, the arcade game was great. I wrote down too about the the sit down. I know you mentioned Goonies earlier. The sit down Goonies game um, was pretty fun. Like, do you remember like when we used to have to go to like uh, like Pizza Hut and places like that where they had like the Mario game where you actually had to sit down, or like the Pac Man where you sat down yeah. and played it. Yeah, it was. It, there was a Goonies. Uh, there was a Goonies game like that at Liberty Park for a minute. 
I, I think I was going to say golden axe, but I think we ended up playing that like a timeout or something all the time. Because I don't think Liberty got golden axe or did um, they? The other, the other, yeah, I remember, maybe they did get golden axe, man. Cause like, I feel like I played that a lot too, but the other, the other on the, the number two, one I remember definitely playing all the time was operation wolf. Oh yeah. I'll put you sitting there with the gun. Yeah. That, 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 that's a good call. That's a, that's a great call actually. And then for my, for my number one that I remember, I don't know if you're going to remember this or not, because this, this was right when I first started going down there, they had an arcade game called gladiator. And the, the premise of that was you would go and fight like one guy at a time, like a side scroller. But when you would hit them, you would, you would knock off a piece of their armor every time you would strike them. And you had to get them basically naked before you could kill the guy. Do you remember playing that game? I don't. I, I, I don't remember that one. So I, I actually went back and, and found that game um, on YouTube, people talking about it on YouTube. And I, and I actually I found an emulator and I played it a couple of years ago. It's not very good. It's not a very good game. <laughs> so, but uh, It's just one of those games. Like That was like one of the first games I remember ever spending a lot of money on down there. And that, that arcade game was hard as hell. But those games were, I mean, it just worked out perfect. You know, you'd go down with maybe a buck or two and quarters. Like I said, five bucks. You know, you yeah. have, you got your quarters. You get you get your slices of pizza. Maybe maybe get a candy bar and a in a you know on a pop or something. And, and you were set. And, and you know we did that. You know, three months. Well, we'll say two and a half months of the year every day. Yeah, for sure. Day and day. And it was especially awesome with the arcade. Remember when we had like the rain delays? Yeah, you know, I forgot about that. Thunder, I forgot all about that too. You know, you know. So when it would you know thunderstorm. And, and they'd pull everybody out of the pool. Everybody would go over to the concession stand arcade and just hang out or, you know, hit up the jukebox. Yeah. The jukebox is something we haven't, we haven't talked about either, but there was, like I said about the faith, no more thing. I know you and I were enormous kiss fans at that point because of, because of uh, Tommy, you know, got us into all that, yeah, yeah. you know, Tom, Tommy basically got you and me into Molly crew and rat and kiss and everybody else at that point. I mean, those are, that's still the same stuff I listen to every day now, man. So it's just amazing how, uh-huh. you know, you get, you get the rub from, you know, from cousin Bobby or from, from your brother, Tommy, or, or from right. grow or somebody, you know, and we, and, and we end up, that end up staying with us for the rest of our lives. Well, what stays with me to this day, every time I hear old time rock and roll or Kokomo, I think of the park and I think of Martha. Yeah, there's no doubt, dude. There's, there's no doubt about that. Every time I hear Kokomo, I think about Martha for sure. Every time, every time, every single time, every single time, you know, who also, you know, around that same time, you know, being in like the the mid to late eighties and everything is when, when I was, you know, um, I was, I was over at the neighbor's house every day, you know, over at, at Pat in, uh, you know, yeah, the neighbor on the other side, you know, I was over there almost every yeah. single day bugging him to play Nintendo and everything. And we would just, we would just, I mean, I was way younger than those guys, man. You know, I was like the youngest kid in the neighborhood at that point. That was before you and I even met, you know, where all those oh. guys were, they were, they were in high school whenever I was just a little, the little tag along kid, the little, the little Xbox, right. you know, the, it was, or the, I guess maybe the little triple H that was running around with the, uh, with the big dogs, but those guys were, those guys were, were really good about, you know, letting me listen to music and hang out and stuff like that. And that's where I got into ACDC and Aerosmith and everybody, man. Well, well, all those guys, and that was the whole thing about the neighborhood. You, you know, you go from, you know, we, we mentioned Aaron, great guy, you know, my brother, you know, he didn't come to the pool, but you know, he was there for us, you know, grow, you know, Pat, um, Danny, you know, um, Johnny, you know, the, 
Kirby, Clint, you know, the, the, everybody was older, but they would all come social, and they didn't mind a younger crowd. Right. Right. And, yeah, you know, speaking they, they speaking were, of speaking of Johnny, we, my, uh, me and uh, my aunt Carol were talking about him a little bit earlier and his family because when that flood came through, their house was right in the freaking right in the freaking in the in the crosshairs, man. Oh, yeah. it, it's it is yeah, absolutely yeah. amazing that they didn't lose their house. Yeah, they they are right at the corner, and uh, yeah, I, I, I do not know how. I don't know how either, dude. I don't know how. That's crazy. That's crazy. But I wanted to say too. I wanted to jump in before we before we get too into the into the stories. I wanted to just cover one more thing here, real quick. So I wanted to go. Yeah, I'm going to cut go you. Ahead, I'm going to cut ahead. you off really quick, Andretti. I'm going to I'm going to uh, T-bone you here, sideswipe. Uh, Jeffrey Von Eric, favorite road, or favorite road, favorite game number one with a bullet off off road. Okay. And also wanted to say out loud that he sucked at, pump, at pinball, especially compared to you guys. So, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, when, when we're talking about the, the older crowd that, uh, that cousin Jeffrey, Jeffrey Von Eric was, he was a pinball watcher, not a pinball wizard, um, but he loved <laughs> the off road. And so I got, to, I had to put that over really fast because I, I said, yo, I'm, I'm I'm on a pod really quick talking about this. He said, this is my jam. He actually told me that this is my shit, uh, Clay Davis <laughs> style from The Wire. Um, and so I got, I had to put that over fast. That's awesome. That, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you reached out to him and he gave you that, 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 that fast. <laughs> it's great. Very cool. But yeah, I wanted to cover uh, uh, the other ground I wanted to cover so that I know we don't miss it. And Graz, I know you probably have strong feelings about this one, but Top three lifeguards of our lifetime. Now, I uh, there's we got to mention the lifeguards, man, because there's there's just you know it's it's such a big part of being down there and being a kid at that at that age and everything. But uh, did you, do you have do you have a top three? Um, you forgot Doug. Okay, I did forget Doug. You're right. I mean, he he could be uh... a <laughs> really quick cross. Did did yeah. Doug do swimming lessons? Yes. Doug taught me how to swim doug's my number one with a bullet and i don't even need another two doug taught me how to swim bro i bought a swimming cap there because of doug a swimming cap yeah, yes yes so thank you for that Gros. doug doug doug's that's my whole list doug doug and doug thank you for that wow i i i i'd have to go with doug um Honorary, I got to throw myself out there because I was always an honorary lifeguard, and and, and that has a couple stories along that line. I do, I do. But I, I would probably say, um, really any of them are cool. The the one, the one story here I do got to tell you it was that had young young Andretti back in the day, uh, sort of like this one lifeguard. <laughs> so he jumped in the pool the one time, faked the cramp. And this poor girl had to jump into the freezing cold water and pull his ass out. And yeah. I do believe her name was, I do believe her name was Michelle. I don't, I have no idea what, what that girl's name was, but I think that was the first time in my whole life. I realized that girls are awesome. Yeah. And then my, my other two would be um, Bridget and Nicole from Westmont, just because they were from Westmont and the whole, you know, back then. And even now, you know, I don't know you know, Westmont Forest Hills, you know, we were the farmers, they were the Beverly Hills people, right? They were the ginger from, from Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 yeah. They were the, the movie stars. <laughs> and, and the one, especially, because I remember 
um, I had a sprained ankle, severely sprained ankle, and I'd, I'd walk down the pool on my crutches, and then I'd get uh, Bridget, who had just turned 16 and was driving a Cadillac, to drive me home. That's great. And, and, and then later on, I found out, you, you know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll like this one, um, Mongoose. She dated uh, Justin Berlou. Yeah, Berlou. We, 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 I think we were going to talk about Berlou on, a, on an upcoming show, too, because I wanted to do a... Um... I want to do kind of like a a, a piece on on you know famous famous uh, athletes that Forest Hills football encountered over the years, and I know I wrote Berlue's name down for that for that show coming up, so we'll definitely talk about him whenever that comes up too. Wow. Well, of course, and, and and then later later in the life when you know I was selling TVs for tattoos and everything, you know, back in the day, I I, I got to become real good friends with Berlue. So, yeah. My the, so the the other than other than Michelle, I think that's you're probably right about that being her name. But the the other one, my number two that I put down was I'm just going to say his last name because everybody knows him as Sarka. I mean, Sarka was, oh, was yeah. awesome, dude. I, I haven't seen that guy in so long. But the the number one thing I remember about him is he went he went to, on that camping trip and got bit by a spider and it, 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 he Brown, it was insane. Brown Brown recluse and they had to cut off half his calf. It's crazy, man. That's crazy about that. I, I I'll never forget that. Yeah, side side story on him. When he got his driver's license, he got the pickle mobile. It was it was like a oh it was the color of a pickle, whatever you know, whatever shade of green you want to call that. I I couldn't remember what kind of car it was, maybe a Toyota or something like that. That was the first time, first car that we went cruising on Skelton. It That's was awesome, me, dude. him, um the Turgeon boys, and and I think my buddy Ponchak. Unbelievable. And Ponchak. It, it, I haven't thought about Ponchak in a hundred years. Yeah. So, so, so I really, you know, I remember doing that all the time and we would just, you know, get out and hang out. He he, he was always a real, 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 real cool guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But then my, um, the only other one I wrote down was, and I know it's uh, a controversial pick his favorite lifeguard. I put, I put Pat, not, not the neighbor, Pat, not, not Pat, the neighbor. This is a, no, this no, is a different I know who Pat. You mean. He, he, he was a cool dude. He, he, he was definitely pretty cool. Yeah. I, I didn't have too many interactions with that guy, but he, he was always kind of like the cool guy. You know, he was like the cool lifeguard. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I, I'm just, I'm just dead to rights that Graz dropped Doug because I wanted to say the guy that gave me swim lessons. And once he said that it, Boom. Like that was absolutely perfect, man. Because I was, I was too young to even know anybody's name, but I did know my swim instructor's name. Um, I have two well, questions well, for you guys really quick. The first yeah. one is uh, that uh, uh, Jeffrey Von Eric uh, texted me a picture of a big manual boxing game that he said he thinks was called heavyweight championship boxing. It was there. Do you it guys, do you yeah. guys have recollection? Yep, that, he said it was the hardest game ever. I think it might've been punch out. See, because I, the punch out that I remember was the one with the buttons. Well, the, and... the, the first, the first one that they had that when you walked in the arcade, it was on the left. It was the second to last game on the left, um, towards the back corner. Um, was the was the the Mike Tyson was the punch out game that had the two big handles you had to use. That is literally yeah. what he showed. He just sent a picture of that. Is that was absolutely... the that was the first one they had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because because I'm looking at this right here, and it looks like the Sandman. Is a big picture. It could be Mike Tyson or it could be the Sandman. Definitely Sandman is in that. Tell. But I, I couldn't even get past Glass Joe in that game, dude. That game was hard as hell. Wow. 
Well, that's incredible. Yeah. So, so then maybe, you know, the, the punch out, the punch out memory that I had, I definitely remember having, um, uh, uh, bear hugger in there. And so I certainly do not remember actually playing the things. So if those buttons weren't in there, then, you know, my, I would have misplaced my memory. Um, but something else that I needed to say is that, um, I, I have a, I have a friend, Johnny Utah, uh, that had chimed in and he said uh, potato pancakes and watermelon taffy uh, with seeds were the two things that stuck out to him the most. Brother, I didn't know that they served anything at that place that wasn't uh fun dip or um, pizza. Yeah. And so like yeah. my mind was completely oh. blown. I literally texted him to say, are you sure that potato pancakes were a thing? And he yep. said, they, yeah, they, they I literally were. used to order 10 every day. Yeah. I don't they, remember they, the potato they, they cake, but I don't remember that at all. I, I remember the, uh, I remember the pizza. I used to eat the pizza constantly. And I, I thought the hot dogs were pretty good too, if, I, if I'm remembering yep. correctly. Yeah, the hot dogs were good. Well, he, I'm surprised he didn't bring up the pizza was made in somebody's house. Oh my two God. Two miles up the road. Celeste, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that's a thing. That pizza, man. So here's the thing about that pizza. All right. Are you guys familiar with the with the the myth of Osiris and Isis from Egyptian lore? Let's let's hear it. Let's just hear it. Okay. Okay. So Osiris is the he's the god king and Isis is his wife. And Osiris's brother Set or Seth uh he he's very envious of Osiris and his power. And so he kills Osiris and he chops him into 14 pieces. Okay. And he hides his body all over Egypt and Isis and her sister are able to recover 13 pieces. And the only piece that they are unable to recover is the phallus. And so they construct a phallus out of gold. This gold phallus is then used to uh, born Horus, who then Horus is the the son of which, you know, the son of those two. And then Horus goes on to be, you know, the next God King himself, et cetera, et cetera. That Liberty Park pizza to me is literally like the it, I don't mean to say it in this way but it it is the it is the missing the missing piece of Osiris because <laughs> I I never have ever been able to find something so incredible at such a low price ever again like like you guys said cardboard pizza and stuff and I in the most endearing way do you know what I'm saying like it is it is literally like this mythological thing. It is it is the modern day, um, what do you call it? Like the the Ark of the Covenant. You know what I mean? Where is this recipe? And Jim, knock that. Graz, you say, you say that it was made in somebody's house. Where is this person? And why aren't they just dealing pizza out of the backyard? She, I, do I, they might still be selling it for all I know. Well, well, you guys went to school with them. Yeah, we did. With uh, 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 right up the street, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, they they were they literally had the they had the plant right there in the house, and then she was selling she was selling that pizza all over the place. I, I think what there's a boy and two girls, right? I think so. Yeah, I played basketball with with the boy. Good dude. He was a yeah. good dude. Well, years ago when 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 I was still back back home in the J town, you know, doing the bouncing gig at the shooters, I ran into the to the son, and you know, and we reminisced a bunch. So Clint, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's been, been it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, but great yeah, stuff, it, man. I mean, it, it, and it truly was. It, it was phenomenal. It, it was nothing fancy, but damn, did it taste good. Yeah, one of the one yeah, of the out of this world, out of this world, brother. Yeah, um, one of the stories I had was the time that Martha put the sign up that said "free pizza, one dollar." Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was pretty. That was pretty interesting. But you know, some of the other stuff that uh, happened down there too. You know, I, I know we're we're not going to get really into the Leo stories because there's so many Leo stories, and, and that that literally is its own episode. I'll have him on here that, at that, some that, point. I'll have him on here at some that, point, and we'll definitely talk about that. But he's got he's got so yeah, many crazy that, stories, man. And he's got to have his own episode. That, he, that, that's a that's a season's worth. Yeah, you, know, you, you could. You could do eight episodes. Yeah, pretty much. Do you do you remember uh just just off the top of my head here, do you remember that time? We don't need to name any names that that that, that guy from Portage jumped over the fence. Or wait, no, no, one of the no, our no, neighbor, no, no, our no, neighbor no. jumped over the fence. Jumped over the fence and cold cocked a dude in the side of the head. Because he was he was starting to shit with his brother, right? Yep, exactly. That was I, I was talking to, to Aunt Carol about that a little bit. Like there there really haven't been too many instances when we were growing up down there where there was there like there were fights. No, no, for for the amount of people and the different people you would get from the different schools and different areas, there really weren't many fights. Yeah, pretty incredible to think I, about I, that. I have, I have a famous one um, that that comes from the uh, you know from the the side group of uh, Johnny Utah and uh, Jeffrey uh, Von Eric where. Uh, Jeffrey Von Eric, and look, man, this is a different time, different age. Um, but Jeffrey Von Eric got double back raped by a young lady and turned around and um, gave her the old uh, Rick James, what did the five fingers say to the face? Slapped. <laughs> God. And, and uh, you know, the rationale was, is don't double back rake somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, like, like yeah, you, no, you, you give somebody a double back rake, and you're you're gonna catch five fingers. Um, and so, yeah, apparently that apparently poor girl cried. Uh, but look, man, lessons were learned, and we all moved on. I mean, I don't I don't remember well, the well, back rake, but I remember uh, the Von Erichs just beating each other to death with towels every day, dude. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, that, that I was gonna say the Von Erichs, and then remember the uh, Von Erichs, you know, power bomb episode by yeah. Jaws, truly. And, and Bobby doing a body slam. On, on, that was on, a, that on, was a rough day to be in, to be a Von Eric at the pool. Uh, those guys, I mean, just the, just them getting getting t- throwing towels in the water as pranks, and then getting the towels out and, and slapping each other with wet towels, and just everybody just beating the crap out of each other. That was in, just insanity. Oh, and, and then throwing my Pepsi hat in the pool. You don't touch the Pepsi hat. You still have the Pepsi hat? No, I don't have the Pepsi hat. What I happened to the Pepsi, Pepsi hat? Was that Pepsi? I'm sure that's Did you probably... get that from Pepsi Points? No. I, so when, when I was 13, I played um, Junior League, and, and we were sponsored oh, okay. by Pepsi. Okay. 
Oh, so, 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 so that's what I was going to say. If that was if that was one of those Pepsi points hats, oh my gosh, I would take that on my head today. I don't need your junior league hat. You can have your memories. But if it was going to be from Pepsi points, that'd been a whole nother ball game. I, dude, you wore that Pepsi hat. I can still I can still see you hauling those stacked chairs all over that damn pool every morning and every night wearing that Pepsi hat, dude. Those chairs. You know, the greatest part about that, though, was it taught you for a little bit of hard work. You know, Art and Martha basically would swim anytime you want, or they would, you know, give me free food or whatever, you know, or, or, or pay me a couple bucks a week, all, all, literally for hanging out. And, and, and then you sort of had the end, right? Because they were like, oh, you work here. Right? Yeah. You know, so everybody, you know, you'd be like, oh, you're a celebrity. He works here. People would show up, you know, know from school or whatever, be like, oh. Him works or Cross works here. Do you uh speaking of cleaning up, do you remember the summers? Do you remember the summers leading up or I guess it would probably be like May. Do you remember the Mays leading up to the pool opening oh, and scraping that oh, damn yeah. pool, dude? Yep. You know, I, I, I for years and years, I don't know how in the heck art did that. I don't know either. You know, I you know, I know for a while there Doug and Larry. And in, in, in segue and Larry, Larry actually lived out in Arizona for a while, if you remember. Wow. Because if you remember, he drove home and he had all those army men on his truck and they melted. That's crazy. But so I, yeah, remember, yeah, I remember, I remember like, so, so the pool, the pool would sit, you know, out in the open, you know, during the winter months in, in Pennsylvania and, and, uh, and all that, it would get full of, you know, debris and slime and everything else. So, I mean, you'd, you'd have to go down there and, and, you know, empty the pool before opening and, and scrape all that stuff out of there. I mean, we're talking about how big do you think that pool was? A hundred yards? Was it a hundred yards? Probably, probably more like 60, maybe 60 or 70. Uh, maybe, maybe bigger than that. So we're, we're talking about a pretty, a pretty big sized pool that has to be scraped and repainted every May. Yeah. Because it's certainly bigger than your standard pool at the Y. Oh yeah, do you know what I mean? I think it was Olympic size. To be honest with you, well, whatever that is, I don't know. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say you were wrong there. It I was mean, enormous. They certainly, they certainly had a, a, a nice, healthy, shallow end. I'll tell you what, man, that slide. Oh, brother, you got on that slide, and either sometimes that water was too cold, or that slide would just burn your skin off. I remember that. Um, but yeah, that slide was something. Um, Somehow that slide survived the '77 flood. I'm not surprised. That slide was probably made out of asbestos and cockroaches because it would be the two things that would survive a nuclear hawk. That slide's probably still up, man. They could have completely demoed that entire area, and I just imagine that slide would still be up. That'd be awesome if it was. Did, did you guys ever play rundown in the yard oh, yeah. with tennis balls? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was something I was asked to put over by, by the homie Johnny Utah. That's great. Was, was, was playing rundown on the sides. Also, um, and this is this was this was a side story um, because you had mentioned about uh, fights and things. Um, I have never seen uh, Yimis von Erich mad. Okay, but apparently Yimis von Erich at one point in time, um, he uh, allegedly, <laughs> and the phraseology here isn't good, but they they said almost drowned a kid because. He uh, put his ice cream cone on Clint's head 
So Yemis dragged a kid from the pool uh, into the pool and dragged him in from the outside. And it was the only time that um, the people on record had seen the Yemis mad. Yemis I don't is think, a sweet dude, man. I don't think I've ever seen the Yemis mad, but I remember yeah. probably, oh God, one side story here. I mean, I haven't seen him in a long time. I, I actually talk to him every once in a while, but I haven't seen him in years. I think the last time I saw him was at the, at the, uh, one of the casinos in down in down in Allentown or Bethlehem, that that big Harris. Me and me and uh in 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 uh, Turbo were down there, um, and we were we had an awesome time down there. And he lived pretty close by, and he came up and hung out for the whole you know for for hours. We hung out at the casino, and then we had an awesome time. That was I think that was probably the last time I'd seen him in person. That probably was like uh, I'm going to say that was like 2013, maybe somewhere around there. But yeah, I still I still talk to him pretty you know pretty often you know off and on. That's awesome. Um, I, I'm trying to find out right now for, do you guys know a definite close date of the pool? That's what we got to figure out. So uh, uh, draws, do you have any idea when the pool shut down? Like when, when was that? I want to say, let's see here. I graduated what? 97. It, it was fairly close after that. So do you think, do you think it was before 2000? I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I want to say yes because I if it was if it was after 2000 I'd have went there because I would have uh, been at the prime that, age you guys were trying to, to holler shorties and whatnot. Yeah, because uh, uh, 97. I'm gonna say 99, maybe 98. Even. Yeah, I know it was a shock. It was a shock to everybody. I know that. Right, because because Johnny Utah, who I I reached out to see if he can give me information on that. Um, he told me that in the closing years, he said that we, meaning like him and the Von Ericks, were the only people he knew with summer passes the last two years, other than um, two girls who will be nameless, um, William Grizzly and Leo. Oh, God, that's funny. <laughs> and I died whenever Leo was the last name on there. So I'm trying to get a year out of him. Um, but if I was going to guess actually their draws, my guess would have been 97, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but that would have been my guess, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could have been, it, it could have been the summer that graduated, but because it was there. My, my senior year. I do. I do remember that because, because I got senior pictures and stuff. Okay. Well, it had to be it had or, or, between there and, and, and when before 2000, I would think, right. Cause I, I don't, I don't, I remember it happening, but I, I, I kind of feel like I wasn't in town or something when that happened. So maybe, maybe that was like whenever we were off to college, you know, for the first time or something like that. Yeah. It, it, 97, 98 would, would, would be my bet. Cause I remember senior pitchers would have been 96, right? Yeah. For you. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. I'd, I'd say, I'd say 97, 98. Cause, cause 97. Let me see here. I gotta think. How old? Frick, how 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 old is Austin? Is he twenty five. He's got to be twenty five. Because we used to take him down in in the wagon. He was born. So Johnny Johnny Utah Johnny Utah chimed in and he says ninety six or ninety seven. Okay, that sounds so, about right. That sounds about so, right. 97 would make sense there, Graz. If you say, if you would have gotten senior picks and whatnot in 96, then that would make sense. So that if that place opened in the 30s, which is what <laughs> we kind of feel like it did, 
Um, if it opened in the thirties, that that's like 60 years, maybe even almost 70 years of, of families going to that pool, generations of families going to that pool, man. That's pretty, that's pretty wild to think about that. Torn down in 2006. Yeah. Torn down. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it, it was, it sat vacant for a while. I know that. Crazy. But speaking of, speaking of the Vaughn Eriks, man, like just, just have, when it was always so interesting because you'd be in the water or you'd be like in the pool, like sitting down or something. And then you would just look over and you would just see this gigantic van come rolling down the road, dude. And they would show up with just an army in this giant van. It was like, it was like when Hogan's music started playing, dude. And you just, you knew, you knew that whatever was happening right now, the party was about to start. And whenever that, that van door opened, there was just a, an army of Von Eriks that would just come pouring out of that damn van, dude. And I, I'll never forget seeing that every day with them coming down the pool. It was like a damn clown car. It was awesome. That's so funny, that's so funny because I know that's so true. <laughs> it's freaking great, but we can't, we can't, you know, we can't miss the story. So you said earlier, Graz, about you put yourself over. You went, to, you went into business for yourself, and you put yourself over about being a lifeguard at the pool. So we got to tell the story about you saving a kid's life in in the deep end. So do you do you want me to tell this, or do you want to tell it from your perspective? You you you, you tell it. You're, you 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 know it's better if it's coming from you. And you fill, you fill in the blank. So so what happened was we're sitting we're sitting in the uh, in in the stack chairs right there on the fence. And there was a kid that I think wandered out onto the diving board that was clearly not old enough or, or enough good enough of a swimmer to be in the deep end of the pool. And I don't know if the kid jumped or if he fell off the diving board, but I know that you jumped out of that seat and basically did a one hopper be, within about 15 feet and jumped over that wall, which I will never forget seeing and pulled that damn kid out of that water before he drowned. And that was unbelievable. Yeah. So, so, so what it was, it was a little kid, probably toddler age, you know, probably three, four years old, climbed up, parents nowhere to be found. I, I actually, I don't even know where they, they might've been in the, in the changing room, bathhouse, or, you know, just running around. And you just saw this little kid and the whole time we were doing whatever BS and talk or whatever. And I just remember seeing this little kid and I'm like, thinking to myself, he, he's on a walk right off. And he literally did just walked right off the end of the, diving board and I went and did a like like, like you said there Andretti jumped about five feet out over the wall jumped in and saved the kids so crazy that did that was what, what, that, what that, a hero you are Gross. jump in there hopefully that kid thanks you every day of his life now that you, now that he uh he got to he got to live a live a life because the 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 Gross man pulled him out of the deep end well, I absolutely here's the, most, here's the terrible thing about this what if his parents were each in those bathrooms without the the stall doors on them <laughs> just just taking yeah. dumps for everybody to see their faces as they were trying to get do you know what i'm talking about yeah, unfortunately yeah. yes well well, well cra- craziest part is um i just remember you know i can't remember the woman's face but I, I, I can just remember you know her expression and stuff and just how grateful she truly was you know, just thanking me countless times over and over and over again. And, you know, you know, it's things like that, that, you know, you look back and like, you guys say, I did save a life. It's pretty, pretty, you know, pretty remarkable. You, you know? did, dude. You, you saved that kid's life. And I, I don't know how you even saw the kid up there because I know we were screwing around right there in the, in the chairs and, and, you know, not paying attention to anything. I don't even know how the hell you saw the kid. 
I don't know how the hell I jumped over that wall, which was easily, you know, three quarters as tall as I am. Yeah. Well, I hate, I hate to say this, Graz, but uh, that's like that's normally the way that those things go down is you don't know how they happen because if you did, then you probably wouldn't have done it. And what I mean is that something would have gotten in the way. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, there, there was a, when I was, I don't know, I was maybe like nine years old or 10 years old. And I was with Papa Mongoose at a uh, Pirates game. And we were at, we had uh, like second or third row seats right at first base. And I used to keep score. If you guys remember those days where you get the program where you can keep score along with the game. And I was keeping score, writing things down. And a foul ball got hit. And Papa Mongoose reached his hand out in front of my head and took a foul ball off the ball of his uh, index finger. His hand swelled up like a little like a baseball. It was purple. It was everything else. And the thing is, is it like, you know, ask him about it afterward. Like, what, what happened? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's it's one of those things, man. Where if if you think about it, then it's not going to happen. And so the fact that you were able to react and go, man, I don't know. It's it's one of those. I don't want to say out of body, but you get what I'm trying to say is you almost go into this like insane weirdo autopilot thing where if you can't go and react, then that isn't going to happen. So that's a pretty wild story. Yeah, no doubt about uh, it, man. That's. You just, you, I mean, the time just slows down in, in those moments, man. I mean, that's, I think that's probably the best way to put that is time slows down. And that's how, that's how you're able to do things that, you know, if we would have said, Hey, Graz, do X, Y, and Z in this time frame again and again, he probably wouldn't be able to do it. And then, you know, you, you got your one in a thousand and boom. Yep. Well, congrats Absolutely. on that, man. I mean, the, going from I mean, going from the the heroism to you know one of the one of the weirdest experiences of my life. I mean, the, one of the craziest things I've ever had happen to me happened to me on Liberty Park Road. I mean, walking walking down to the pole. I mean, I, I I was I think I was walking actually back from the pole, and this this old car, an old silver car, was coming towards me, and. You know, you, when, it, the road is not wide. You know, it's 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 basically like a one and a half lane road. You know, Liberty Park Road. So I I remember going over towards Blau's house right there before you turn down into the into the the trailer park. I I walked over on that side of the road to let the car pass, and it was probably like I don't know ten thirty in the morning somewhere around there or eleven o'clock in the morning. Um, and the dude stepped on the brakes and parked his car and got out. And when you're a kid. And that happens to you on a street. You're you're probably not thinking that this is going to end well, right? The guy the guy motioned me over, and for some reason I went um, to his car. He was already out of the car. Older guy. He was. I mean, he, he was probably seventy five years old. The guy pulled a nickel out of his pocket and handed it to me, and said, "Do you know what that is?" And I and I of course I said, "Yeah, you know it's it's a nickel." And he said, "I want you to repeat after me." And I'm like, "Okay." And he said. I want you to say to me, give me liberty or give me death. And I said, uh, okay. So I did. And then the guy gave me the, gave me the nickel. And I think he saluted me like an army soldier. And then he drove away and I never saw that guy again. And that was freaking insane. Could have been a war nickel. I have no idea, but that was, that was probably the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me um, down there. In turn, I mean, I've got actually got a crazier story than that. That involves the pole that we can we can get into here uh, 
later, but that was just it just bizarre for sure. So we, what else you got, Garage? You got any other stories you want to put over here before we before we move on? Uh, well, well, which stories? Are, you know, do you just want crazy stories? You know. Well, let's see here. What else do we got? Let's go to. Let's get into the weird stuff here, real quick. Let's get into let's get into the. Uh, let's see where we're at here. Some of the stuff I think we're going to skip because I think we're going to save it for another time. Um, but let's see if we've got. Let's get into the weird stories about Liberty Park. So I know you and I have got have got some really weird stories that we want to talk about here. Um, so things that have happened in the local area, like within within the walking distance of the local area. Um, and, and look, man, all that said, I mean there there's a side to Liberty Park that we that we have to cover, and it's some it's that's some of the more odd, maybe even supernatural stories that we've kind of experienced over the uh, over the uh, the course of time. But I, I think the first one. Um, and you'll probably agree with this. The, the first one that we ever really encountered and heard about was just the fact that there were all those rumors about there being Satan colonies in the woods. Do you, do you remember hearing about that when you, when we were growing up? Yeah, up, up, up water dams, the, the, the old abandoned, I don't even know what, 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 what you would call those cabins or some sort of building. So this would have been, this would have been right, right, basically at the base of where the dam broke that, that flooded everybody in 77. Yeah, one one really fast. Let let me jump here really fast because I'm going to let you guys expound upon because you were older and were able to live this more. But uh, as a 11, 12 ish year old kid that did a whole bunch of bike riding from um, what would essentially be the Elton area down to like Salix in those woods. Um, I encountered more than one like brickish cabinish building that had pentagrams and all kinds of crazy shit painted all over it. And it, I'll tell you what, man, that, that freaked every little bit of me out. And I didn't even know a story about it. And so the fact that this was on the show notes gave me the heebie-jeebies um, because I, I would love to chalk all this stuff up to satanic panic, right? But like I, I very, very, very strongly remembered driving past some of these old abandoned places, buildings, cabins, whatnot, and seeing things that even my unindoctorated, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm not too sure what this is, uh, I, I I saw I saw the mark of the beast painted painted in spray paint uh, more than one time. So I'm I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about this. I mean I I don't really right. have too much more to add to it other than the fact that I, we always heard about those cabins and we like even when we were getting into our teenage years we we were still scared to go up there. Oh yeah, because yeah we we would go fishing all the time and walking down through those woods down to the old dam and stuff. You know, you walk past them and you just got a creepy feeling because, you know, there'd be, you know, once in a while you, you might find some old clothing or what appeared to be maybe bloodstains and stuff. Dude, who and, the hell was up there leaving clothes up there? Well, you got to remember, you know, some of the older crowd, crew at that time, you know, your neighbors or I guess I can probably say because nobody's on the blouse. I don't you know that. There, there was three brothers that were pretty notorious for doing some, you know, in and out of trouble. 
you know, throughout their life. So I, I think there might have just been a, a set of characters that might have just partook in some of that stuff, you know. Yeah, I have, because I if have you remember, no idea. back back in those days, if you remember, that's really when Ouija was big. You know, the Ouija board and everything else. You know, because you know we didn't have social media. You know, you, you had Nintendo and stuff, but really, you know, kids were finding stuff to do. Or, yeah. You know, listen. So, so I think that's probably what it really was. But yeah, I mean, still, yeah, they, they still definitely get the heebie-jeebies for for sure. You, you, even talking about it, I don't think I ever went up to those up to those places until I was with Leo, and that was probably when I was like like eighteen years old. I bet. Crazy. That's crazy. We were we were afraid to go up there to those cabins, even even whenever we were we were a lot older. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man. Those those things they. I mean, and out through, if you know the area that I'm talking about, which would have been the wooded area that would have connected behind where my parents' house was the entire way through um, St. Michael, you know, like that, the, that entire area of paths and bike paths and things like that, weird stuff, brothers. And, yeah. and I, and there was more than one of them and they were all uninhabited and it was a bunch of bunch of stuff that was over my head then. And just seeing that on there now, I, I completely forgot about it until you had said that. Yeah. Well, so speaking about, speaking of going up towards, up towards where you grew up, you know, in, in through those, through those woods, I mean, there was always the stories um, up toward you know about halfway between where where draws grew up and where you grew up um, about the black hand you know when during the prohibition era and there being there being um, local uh, you know local mobsters that were that were had you know moonshine stills and things like that back in the woods and there were I remember hearing stories about money being hidden in the woods when we were growing up and about them you know going and, and beating people up and things like that I mean draws do you remember hearing about any of that stuff my, well, my my dad still to this day swears there's there's money buried back. You remember where we used to have that old cow barn, way 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 in the backyard there. Yeah. Um, like, like like so once you come up well, once you come up the back road. Remember how we used to have that path that cut up through the woods where we'd go sleep out and stuff. Sure. Yeah, there there used to be an old cow barn back there, and he, to this day he still swears you know somewhere in that area, there there was you know money and stuff buried in the ground from the the moonshining days didn't didn't you and your sisters or, or somebody find like a glass jar full of coins one time somewhere <laughs> they, they they found a jar of mixed coins back there in, in that area that's crazy yeah i mean i i remember hearing about that even from my grandmother would tell me not to go back there in the woods because there were there were bad people that were back there i mean that was even in the 80s she would see she would tell yep. me those stories it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, but the the other, you know, going down the other side of the other side of town, you know, back behind my house down towards South Fork and those those real thick woods down there. I mean, there was a I remember hearing a story from the, you know, the local the local people growing up about um about that guy freezing to death in in the barn up in the woods. I mean, and it, you and I in particular, I mean, I know you and I have been up there a number of times in the woods behind Simons where um, Simon's ribbon, ribbon and trophy. Um, where, where there was, there's like a, there were foundations up there, way on top of the hill, and there was an old house and an old barn and things like that. And hearing those stories about that guy that froze to death, I, I believe that's, I believe that was a true story. Oh no, I, I believe it. In, in, in a segue from Simon's, a uh, mongoose. You remember that time that somebody convinced us, hey, let let's go for a hike, 
And then six miles later, we're, we're, we're down on the backside of Physic Town. And we had to call to get a ride. We walked. We walked right through there, right past those, right past that, that those ruins of, the, of, that, of that barn. We walked right past it. That, that, that's when they were logging and stuff, and, and somebody got the bright idea. Oh yeah, let's go for a hike. It won't be long. And, and pretty much the whole day later, we're like, yeah, we're not fun to walking back. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I think. Uh, I think we went to get. We made a pack to go get milkshakes after that, if I'm not mistaken. And we all we all went to McDonald's or something to get milkshakes. I think you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, man. Yeah, that that turned into a very long endeavor. Yeah. Um, another story about that back there too, in those woods, um, was the uh, the old cemetery. Like, so there there is an old cemetery back there somewhere in those woods between you know between Mount Hope and between Stymans. You know, heading 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 even down into towards uh, towards Southport, there definitely is an old cemetery up there. Because I remember um, when I was a kid. Some of the parents with some of the parents in the neighborhood had mentioned about that, and and I, I remember that some of them remembered being there. But we all went up there a thousand times looking for that cemetery, man, and we never found it. But I, like our our the the generation before us could remember that it was definitely there, but that nobody could remember exactly where it was. So who knows how many people are buried up there in in, in tombstones that have just been completely overrun by nature at this point. It will, nobody will ever, nobody will ever even know those people were buried up there. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah, that was wild. So I, I wanted to tell the story too. I wanted to give you, you know, the opportunity here to tell the story about the time that it was like the craziest night probably of your life when the house got broken into and you and Leo saw stuff on the road. He saw stuff up by Slagle's barn. Do you want to tell that story? Well, the, the, the house got broken into. That was when my two younger sisters were home alone. Yeah. And we were, I think we were either a ball game, either my ball game, my brother's ball game, some ball game or something. And I just remember they said, you know, they heard somebody come into the house. So they went upstairs, locked themselves in their bedroom and barred the door the best they could and heard somebody coming up the stairs. And just at that same point, I guess we were pulling in the driver or whatever. And whoever or whatever was in the house bolted out and took down over the hillside going into the swamp, you know, so not going down towards the park or anything else, you know, went down over the far hill that goes down into that into the swamp. So that, that, that was definitely pretty freaky. And then the, the, the ghost on Slagle's, Slagle's barn, that, uh, that, that's a secondhand story from my brother and, and Leo, but when they told it to this day, when their faces were that white, that's a legit, you know, apparition or whatever you want. See, to call I, th- it. I thought that when they saw that up by the barn, that was whenever Tommy and Leo went looking for the people that broke into the house. No, 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 that, that was at a different point. They, they, they it, it sort of was because they were going to camp out or hide out to see, if, you know, cause you know, we, we, we live in a very rural area, so people would, you know, come in and rummage through stuff or, you know, try to take stuff. So they, they would sit out at night and stuff. But that was on one night when they saw that one up there. But the crazy one was the one of the guy riding the bike up the hill. Yeah. The glowing figure that, that rode the bike that they said they were sitting there. And now, don't get me wrong. The bottom half of water dam is fairly easy to pedal. But as you get up to the upper half where it starts to incline, they just remember hearing the squeak and squeak and squeaking and whatever this person, apparition, whatever it might have been, was just squeaking and pedaling up that hill like nothing. And 
they put their tail between her legs and ran home. I remember Leo. Like, always, I remember Leo freaking out because he said that 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 person had their head down, and whenever they looked up at him and Tommy, there was no face. Yep, and and, and, and even now telling that story, I, I get goosebumps. I mean, I just did too, man. <laughs> I mean, that's that's. That that water dam hill, and then what is the what's the one that's um, off Palestine Road that is like a straight up hill? You know what I'm talking about? Like it goes past like the the trailer park. Um, so oh, Rock, you know, Rock Palestine Road. Road, Rock Dump Road. Yeah, those are those are two hills that you need to be an Olympic cyclist to be able to climb with no problem. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's. Yep. That's what's wild is is to say that somebody that any figure anybody's on a bicycle just driving up it like as conditioned as I ever could have been in the most bike riding days of my life as a child I never would have been able to make it up one of those hills without stopping and walking up a little bit yeah you know what I mean oh, like well, that's, even, that's, uh, that's that's wild that's creepy it's very creepy even even walking up those hills is a task yeah. So since we're talking about the ghost story, before we move on to the, you know, the, the Bigfoot of UFO stuff or whatever, like, I want to, I want to tell you, I mean, cause I, I don't, Mongoose, you might not even know the story, but one time, um, this was probably like, um, I'm going to say it was probably like 95, 94, 95, um, the neighbor, um, Otter's, Otter's, uh, kid, um, who was somewhere around your age. Um, he also had a very, uh, a, a younger brother that was just, just little, maybe like three or four at the time. Um, and we were, we were just shooting, um, baskets in a, in a little basketball hoop, um, that he had kind of connected to the, um, to the, to the back of the house. And we were just hanging out and, you know, doing that. And, um, a girl walked out of the woods behind us to the edge of the edge of the property where there's, there's an, there's an old dirt road that used to be the main road that connected Mount Hope and South Fork, right? And that ran behind all of our property right at the, right at the tree line, right? And then, you know, when they put the new road in, of course, you know, in, in front of the property, everybody quit using the road in, in, in the back, obviously, right? So um, we're sitting there and we're just shooting around and everything. And, and this, this girl walks out of the woods and she was wearing pretty normal looking clothes for the time. Um, and, and she she came out of the woods and she started walking down the back road towards Steinman Ribbon and Trophy where the where the um, where the uh, the woods get really thick. Right now, this it, it, it runs parallel to the main road. Right. And, and what's in between are the are, is everybody's property, like my 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 parents property and, you know, Otter's property and everybody else's property right down there until you get all the way down to this really big patch of woods that separates the houses from Steinman's ribbon and trophy, right? But everything's on the same street, basically. Um, so this this uh this girl walks down the back road, this back dirt road, and we both kind of me and me and the neighbor, the neighbor boy, um, both kind of took notice of it. And then she just kind of walked into the woods, which is very strange behavior, right? For for somebody that we had no idea who this person is. I mean, it's a very small community. You you know everybody. There's not just there's not just random, random kids that are your age that just walk out of the woods and, and just disappear into the woods again. Right. That's very, that's very out of, out of the, out of the norm. So, um, you know, we're, we're standing there and I told him, I was like, you know what, man, we, we should just go see what the hell is going on with that. So we started walking um, diagonally through everybody's property to get to the woods where she went into 
And when we got, when we got basically to the tree line, um, we saw her sitting on a stump in the woods and all of a sudden behind us, his littlest brother, who was probably about three or four at the time, um, came running up behind us and we knew right away, like, we can't take him into the woods. He's too, he's too little. Right. So begrudgingly, uh, we, we took him back to the, back to the porch and put him on the porch and told him to stay there, which he surprisingly did. Uh, but then me and the, me and the older brother, um, went back, went back up there to see where this, where the hell this girl went. Right. So by the time we got back up there, she was gone. She wasn't there anymore. So we started yelling, you know, Hey, you know, where are you? Stuff like that to see where she was. And we're walking through the woods now, again, parallel to the main road. So we can hear traffic on the road, right. About probably like, uh, I'm going to say maybe like 70 yards to our right is where the, where the, the main road is. Right. And we're, we're parallel to that going through the woods and we're yelling and she's yelling back, um, you know, Hey, I'm down here, you know, over here or stuff like that, which is, is bizarre. Right. So we, we, we finally get to this, this patch, um, which is only about, man, I, maybe 30 yards off the road behind this old gate. Um, and, and it was an open area that was, it was still wooded. It was still surrounded by woods, but it was, it was this open area um, that was very wet and it was kind of like swampy. And when we finally got to this girl, um, she had a backpack with her that was laying on the ground. It looked really out of place. It just looked it just looked out of place. And there were just hundreds of footprints everywhere in this little opening, this little like wet swampy opening. There were hundreds of footprints for some reason. So, and we, and we talked to her and it was weird. It, it felt like, it felt like she was just out of place or out of time or something. Right. And I remember asking her, you know, wh where did you come from? And, and she, she said, my uncle lives um, you know, up the, up the street. Right. And I asked her, I remember asking this girl what her uncle's name was. And she said, she said the name of the, of the uncle. And I had no idea. I mean, you know, I, I lived there my whole life at that point. We knew everybody. I mean, that wasn't a name I was ever familiar with. And I said, which house is it? And she told me which house it was, which I knew the house. And I said, is it so-and-so? And she looked at me like she didn't know what I was talking about. And then she said, oh, I'm just waiting for my ride. And again, we're, we're 25, we're 25 yards off the road behind an old locked gate, basically. Right. And it was just very bizarre, but she's like, no, I'm just waiting for my ride. I'm waiting for my ride. And me and me and the neighbor kid were like, uh, uh, okay. So we just walked straight to the gate. We climbed over that gate. I remember, I, I remember this very vividly. We climbed over the gate. We got onto the main road and we started walking up the main road towards his house. Right. And I, I, I'm telling you the truth when I say this, there was no cars that passed us either way while we were walking up that road, probably maybe a quarter of a mile um, from that gate to, um, to his house. Nobody passed us the whole way. And we were both freaked out. It was, it was really freaky. So once we got about, I'd say probably 80% of the way to the house, um, he and I both said, um, basically came to the conclusion at the time that we were both like, you know what, this is not right. We need to go back down there and figure out what the hell is going on here. Right. So we, we turn around, we walk back down the main road. Again, nobody passed us at all coming, coming North or South on that road. Nobody passed us uh, a two lane road. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, the, a regular route right there in Pennsylvania. So nobody passed us. We walk back down the road to that gate. I'm telling you this. It's insane. It's insane. Just think about this. We got back to that swampy area. 
there was nobody there. There was no backpack. The only footprints that were in that area were from mine and his when we walked out of the woods into that area and made a hard, hard right turn to that gate. That's the only footprints that were still there, dude. And I, and, and his face went very white. And I was so freaked out about that. That girl was a thousand percent gone, dude. And that was, that is a, that is a shoot real story that happened to us that I'm, I'm never going to forget that. Dimension hopping. I have no other way to, I, there's, and I don't mean to say it this way, but like, seriously, if, if that is a lived thing that you went through, the only thing that I can rationalize is that, I don't know, that, that, that you, you guys went somewhere on some parallel timeline and came back and is, Stupid as that might sound to people, how else do you explain anything like that? I mean, I, I just, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm freaked out again right now, just thinking about this because those I'll never, I'll never forget those details because I'm it's, it's, it's the truth. That's a true story, man. And I don't, I don't know what to say about that or what the hell happened. That's when, when it comes to, I, I find it a lot easier to a lot of things that we deal with in day to day life that things that slap me in the face is that doesn't make sense. I like to say that doesn't make sense and things that don't make sense that I can make sense of. I don't know, man. Like I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you crossed some gate. I don't know if you did something, but I don't, I don't, I don't have any other reason, but, you know, cause I'm not, obviously not going to call you a liar, especially for you to give me that kind of details that, 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 you know, 20 years later, 30 years later, whatever that is. Holy cow. Yeah. Garage, you want to get into some of the stuff you saw in the woods behind your house? Yeah. So, so, so we'll go ahead. We'll dive into it here. So starting off, I'm going to say probably nine, maybe 10 years old. Um, I remember me and my, one of my younger sisters, um, we had relatives in from Potter County up north and there and you know my aunt uncle a bunch of my cousins and i just remember we went over the the hillside goes on the swamp and me and my sister went over to throw away some pork rinds and stuff or not pork rinds watermelon rinds and when we did it you know we we both saw something in the woods didn't really think anything of it until later on when my uncle and them were visiting they were going through these books and stuff that they brought you know kids books magazines whatever it may have been and we both pointed at a picture, and at the time it was a picture of the infamous Bigfoot, right? And, we're, and we both said, you know, that's what we saw. And everybody, you know, blew it off, thinking, yeah, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing. Well, as years go by, you know, other sightings would be seen, like somebody would see something, maybe walk across one of the windows in the front yard or the backyard, you know. And you know, most house windows, you know, they're eight, 10 feet off the ground, you know? So in order to see a head or something come across at that point, it has to be something pretty big unless somebody's on a pogo stick outside jumping. Um, so, you know, these went on sightings off and on here where we, we would hear things in the woods or, you know, during hunting season and stuff, you, you would see tree branches broken off 10, 12 feet in the air, which, you know, just didn't make sense. Um, I remember my brother and Leo had a tree swing they built down in the back back road where it over overhung the one heel, the road, and then the other heel where you could swing out. And I remember 
down there one time was down there with Leo and we were swinging. We heard just unbelievable screaming. Something I never heard before in my life. Um, But the biggest one was when um, prior to this, when, when, when was Sven there? Was that 89? Sven would have been there. um, 89, 90. Yeah. Right around there. I would think. Right. So we had a foreign exchange student. So not, not it was. I think ninety would have been the football year because he left before they played the United game, right? Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so around that timeline, um, we had a foreign exchange student from Germany that lived up the road, um, with our neighbors, and and, and this was for my dad, my brother, and himself. They were pulling up into their road going up Water Dam to pull in up there. They they lived up by Slagles, the same place as the infamous ghost sightings. And some creature ran out in front of them in the middle of the road. Sure as hell wasn't a bear. They didn't know what it was. They just sort of stood there and looked at it and it looked back at them and then just within a couple strides took off and was in the woods. And the German kid thought, is that a bear? You know, what? And my dad and brother just, they didn't have an answer. Wow. So fast forward a little bit longer. Um, I was probably. 13, 14, um, had a neighbor that moved up the road, um, Jesse, great, great, great kid, a little, little goofy, but you know, overall great, great kid. Um, and they moved in and they also had similar sightings. Um, same stories, this and that about, you know, seeing things, you know, tree branches, finding, you know, weird footprints and stuff like that. Um, the one year we went hunting and we're, you know, you, you both know where I live, you know, it's 15 acres where my dad's at, but then it just rolls through, you know, through those, you know, the farm fields and this and that. And we were on the far mountain, probably from, from my dad's house, probably three miles, you know, into the woods. And we were just hiking. And like right, right now, even starting to tell you guys this, all the hair just raised up on my arms, on my back. And I got goosebumps. Okay. We were walking through, this, we were walking through this gully and we came across this, footprint you know a set of footprints that we were just like what you know what was that and then we started hearing stuff we both loaded our guns and we bolted the hell out of there and and to this day i i I will swear people make fun of me people don't believe me but bigfoot is real that there is something out there you know walking around humanoid hairy creature whatever you want to call it that you know it is out there and it is real. You know, I've, I've seen enough evidence throughout my lifetime and other people, you know, seeing sightings that there is definitely something, especially in, in, in that wooded area. So you, you've had, you, I know that you've had neighbors that have made plaster casts of these feet, right? Well, it was Jesse's um, relatives. They, they lived a little further up. Um, so, 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 so if you know where water dams at, and then if you sort of know where Solomon runs at, yeah. you know, cause, cause that's all sort of connected, right? Woods wise. They, they 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 lived a little bit closer up towards the airport there, and that's where they they they, they had their castings done. Those, those woods are so thick and they're so dark all the time. It is a very spooky yeah. place to be, even in the daytime. Dude, it's like do you remember? <laughs> on a side story, do you remember the time I I had that birthday party? Uh, I don't know. You have to refer, refresh my memory here a little bit. I think it was my 16th birthday party and 
and invited all the people to the house and then convinced them to go on a walk down the back road. And I went and changed and came running down the woods. Oh my God. I do. Because you, that. you, 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 and you and Willie were there for sure. <laughs> you guys knew what was coming and, and, and everybody ran and was scared to shit and stuff. And I think somebody twisted their ankle and stuff. Wow. What was the, what was the story for, about to, Tommy saw that something in his gun scope? Well, in that too. Yeah. So, so, so that, that's what I mean. There, there was, you know, everybody had had some sort of encounter where, you know, they, they just weren't sure what it was, you know, it, you know, as, as Mongoose alluded to, it, it's un, unexplained. I mean, we're recounting it firsthand, you yeah. know, or secondhand from, you know, somebody very reliable, you know, yeah, the, the, the definitely crazy stuff. So the the, cra- the crazy story that I had with that was the time that it was me and you. I, I believe Willie was there. We don't need to we don't need to call anybody else out that was that was in the party that day. But we were in that field, um, behind your house, and it was pretty right. far from your house, and it was it was very wet, and we were on the path. Uh, in in the field, there was like a like a like a path that went through the actual field itself that separated the fields, and we yeah. saw a footprint that was probably about, I'm gonna say, twenty inches. Yep. And we all went white whenever we saw that damn thing, dude. And everybody in the party went white. It was it was the plainest day, middle of the day. We saw this one like very very clearly gigantic footprint that was just out, completely out of place and we got the hell out of there immediately or or, or the time we all camped out with the von erics and we, and we heard something yeah i wasn't there that night i i, I for no. whatever reason i was not allowed to camp out with you guys that night and um you had a you had a hell of a story from that night you want to tell let's tell that one too because that got pretty freaky well, that was the one. So that, that that was one on Bobby Von Eric was coming up later. You know, he 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 was on a park down on my back road and then walk up through the woods, and he tried to find us with a flashlight, but he just couldn't. So he ended up going home. And and this was at that point, I have no idea what time it is. It's just pitch black, right? And we were all there. It was me, Leo, and and the Von Erics. I, I think all the Von Erics, honestly. And we, we were all there, you know, we, we built this fort in the, in the woods where we, you know, slept out, had tents or whatever. And at some point we, we started seeing this light coming through the woods and we thought it was Bobby. Well, then all of a sudden the whole woods lit up and the cow, you know, the cow field lit up. And uh, UFO, whatever it may have been, scared the living bejesus out of every single one of us. You said it was some kind of like a green light, right? Yeah, it, it was something that lit up everything, lit up the woods, lit up the field. I mean, just I, that, that definitely some spooky stuff, to, to, to say the least. So you you guys went up there earlier in the day or earlier in the week and built like wooden built your oh, yeah. wooden wooden shacks to sleep in later that night. Oh yeah, yeah, or, or even like a wall, you know. Yeah, you some know, kind of some kind of wall like, like lean to or something. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, because there's bears and stuff up there, or you know, deer. You don't you don't want to get trampled by a deer or anything. You know, running around through the night or, or the morning. So, so who was in the lean-to that something jumped on top of? I, I think that was one of the. I, I think I think uh, Suka was there, if, if I recall, and I think it was. I can't remember which Von Erich. 
I, I just remember Bobby Von Erich was supposed to show up later. But so yeah, during it, during it, it, all it, this that, during all this chaos, I remember you guys were freaking out big time oh. because the 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 field lit up, the woods lit up, and something jumped on top of the lean to and was shaking it. Well, and, and somebody took off. I think it was Leo, and 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 it might have been Jeffy. But because you remember that cliff that was up there, yeah. The, the rock cliff formation. Yeah. They ran and they almost ran off of that. Holy hell. Look, man. Oh, that was that. When, when, when cryptids and things like this come out, you know, Mothman, Dogman, uh, the, these things, uh, they're, the reason that people in cities don't see these things is because cities have been completely stripped of their uh what do you call it like their 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 inner beauty do you know what i'm saying they've been they're stripped of their essence you, you know you you've cut down what nature is you've replaced it with concrete and, and smoke um and so anytime that i hear any of these things no by no means do i think anybody's even half kook um because if if Anything anywhere is able to hop from uh, one plane to another. Um, you're not going to do it in the middle of a metropolis. Right. Uh, and right. The, the reality of it is, is that if we got more than one person that sees this particular thing, or even if it's one person, um, um, who am I to call anybody a liar? And so I, especially if it's somebody that I trust and these things, my gosh, this is fascinating. This is fascinating. I mean, it took us a little while to get into that, into the crazy stories here on this episode, man. But I, I'm I'm freaked out right now. I mean, just 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 thinking about this stuff again. Oh man, I mean that that those are those are memories that just came up when we were talking. And and you know, Graz, I I completely forgot about you being a kid and seeing that picture of a Bigfoot and you and your sister being like, that's the thing that we saw in the woods. I totally forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, that's and I always tell everybody that's the first story I tell them. Oh my god! I mean, we're oh, we're talking yeah. we're talking about we're talking about a place that there's very little light anyway. There's very little light anywhere around, right? I mean, you're you I mean your your house is up 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 on the hillside. It's basically in the woods. You're you're pretty far away from from your neighbors, even you know all things considered. Um, and then those woods just they they extend so far back, and it is it is black. <laughs> in those woods, even during the day, man. I, and if you're, if you're somebody or you're something that wants to hide, hide out and be and have, you know, free reign to run all through all, you know, miles and miles of, of, you know, woods in, in Pennsylvania, that's a hell of a place to go hide. Well, there, 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 there's nothing for miles back there. I mean, honestly, I, I think you could probably walk now, now you probably have to use some navigation. I think you could probably get up to Elton Road. You can going through the woods, through through the woods. You, you, you go, you go up to that. You go up to the. Uh, um, is it Topper Road that runs across there? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And yeah. that is that's one of the paths that I was alluding to when I was talking about the the Satanic Panic Cabins. <clears throat> is yeah. that that those those back ways that and I and. I cut off at Salix, but through Salix is where you get into Topper Road and stuff like that. That you can you can make it from essentially Elton to 
mineral point without hitting a main road right yeah or, or if you go on a main road you're crossing a main road you're not walking yeah. down a main road yep yeah that's that's a lot of land it for is, sure it absolutely is yeah you, you ain't you ain't seeing that down here in the fertile crescent of pa no that much. yeah that uh, now i mean look I, I don't, we got to end this on a good note. <laughs> and the only, the only thing I can, that I, that I, I think we can pivot to before we get into the hall of fame and wrap this up is just telling a little bit of wrestling stories about, about, the, about growing up in the area garage. And I mean, I know you and I got, we got involved in, we got involved in pro wrestling as, as, as kids and it just stuck with us our whole life, man. But do you, do you have any, do you have any memories of uh, other than, uh, you know, watching those old, those old NWA tapes with Leo and stuff like that. Do you have any other, any other memories of, of catching some wrestling growing up? My dad, we would always watch w, WCW. Um, they, they, they would, they would show it on Sundays. And I remember we, we, we would come home from church and it would be on. That's great. It, we'd always watch uh, WCW. So or, I, I basically, I, go, go ahead, go ahead. Or, or, or probably my fondest was uh, Saturday night's main event. Back when um, second grade, I had Kevin Smay, you know, God bless him, um, as a teacher, and he was into it. And I just remember we would always go in there, you know, on Saturday night's main event and talk about it the following Monday about, you know, Hogan doing this or this and that. And and, and, and that was definitely pretty cool. That's great. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm going to have to jump off here in a second. So I just needed to rehash what I had said that um, you – you two were uh, big cogs in my uh, first renaissance back into pro wrestling. Um, and it was mainly because the Gras um, had said, hey, Triple H is coming back at this Royal Rumble. And I heard he gained 30 pounds of muscle. <laughs> and so I went to the Gras's house to watch that Royal Rumble uh, that per- Mr. Perfect ended up in the final four in. Um and then, uh, you know, Triple H wins that. And then in the pay-per-view afterward is when we had the NWO. And then we watched that WrestleMania 18 at the Graz's living room and did not realize that we had watched one of the most iconic matches of all time sitting next to each other, yeah. which is really, really wild. Um, and, and the and fact that... Go ahead. Just a quick interject. The very first TNA pay-per-view was at, at the house. I was just going to say, and yeah. the fact that we watched probably the first month of those TNA uh, monthly pay-per-views is absolutely insane. Um, it wasn't good enough for us to keep shelling out $10 a month for, even if we were split in three or four ways. Um, but we absolutely were there for night one, which is yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. Shamrock and, and so, Shamrock and killings, man. We talked about that on the yeah. pod a little bit. And so on yeah. that one, I'm signing off, gentlemen. It's been real. All right, man. I appreciate hey, you been... being here. So the other the other things I had from just a wrestling standpoint were, you know, watching watching WrestleMania with with Hogan and the Warrior next door with Pat. And I I, I think yeah. I think Brad might have been there too at that point whenever we were watching that. But but everything was, you know, we'd have to get the we'd have to get the the VHS tape from somebody, right? <laughs> from uh, and usually yeah. it was usually it was Aaron, you know, the guy you referenced earlier about playing the pinball games. Um, usually it was that yeah. we'd have to run up to his house. Um, sometime, sometime in the morning, and get the um, get the VHS tape of of whatever show was the previous night, and I, we did that a lot, dude. And, and sometimes I remember there being times where 
we'd be sitting around waiting for him to call us or we'd be calling him over and over and over again. The phone's just ringing and ringing as he's not home. And we would walk up there and bang on the door, hoping he's there <laughs> so that we could get, so that we could get the VHS tape and, uh, and watch whatever pay-per-view was the, um, was the, uh, was before that. But I, I specifically remember a, a very, a, a very much remember the, the um, power and glory versus LOD feud, because I was completely convinced at that point in my life that power and glory were going to kill the Legion of Doom at that, at that pay-per-view. And then they got killed and like, they got killed in like 10 seconds, but you know, just, just having to like, you know, go find somebody that had the VHS tape, you know, from the show, cause it was so expensive to order the pay-per-views on your own. And that was just a wild time to be a, to be a fan. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It, it, it was. Yeah. It, it wasn't as it was nowadays. Yeah. So, okay, man, so let's let's get into this Hall of Fame thing and we'll wrap it up. I kind of just wanted to give some shout-outs here. Uh, we want to end this on a great note, man. We want to give some shout-outs to people from the area um, that we really haven't already mentioned, especially Liberty Park people. You know, I, and the, the first the first person I wanted to I wanted to say was, and, and, and I, look, I'll, I'll say his first and last name because I'm going to give him a shout-out here, is, is Paul Myers, man. I mean, Paul, Paul retired to the park, hands down, one of the top three funniest people yeah. I've ever met in my life. Dude, one one of the nicest, greatest guys ever. Yeah, man. Yeah. A, a, a phenomenal guy. Would do anything for anybody. Like you said, funny. Just a really, really great individual. Yeah. Yeah. You got anybody you want to put in the Hall of Fame here? I, I, I got to go with Martha and Art Swope. Yeah. They, 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 they played such a pivotal role in so many of our lives. You know, almost acting as a you know a second set of parents to so many of us. Yeah, through 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 all those years. I mean, I I had I had Art Art and Martha down here too. You know, just the fact that that they they put up with us a lot, man. Yeah. <laughs> there were there were times where we were not the easiest kids in the world to to put up with. But I mean, it, I mean, Art, you know, thank you for everything you did, man, and giving us these incredible memories and putting up with us all the time, man. That was uh, just a, an unbelievable unbelievable uh uh childhood that we had man i think that's a that's a great one to end on a great one to put a bow on here just to put paul and paul myers and uh in in art and martha swope in the in the liberty park the unofficial the unofficial official liberty park hall of fame so i mean that I, a, go ahead I, i'd have to i'd also have to throw out our parents yeah yeah you know, you know my parents your parents and Wooly's parents yeah they did a lot. They did a lot for all of us, man. And that's that's for sure. I mean, we, 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 were... we 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 put them through a lot, and they put up a lot for all of us. And I they know were they there did. They really did, they... man. We were. I was telling my aunt Carol about that too when I was talking to her earlier. Just the fact that that we had such a great childhood, you know, in that area, and, and you know, it, it it just was it just was an amazing time to to be a kid. And to be in that small community where there really weren't too many problems with with other people in the area, you know, we didn't really have any any issues with um, with anybody. You know, everybody in the everybody in that local community pretty much got along with each other. And you know, those summers were endless, man. It was just a wonderful time to be a kid. And I can't, I can't, I I could never ask for a better childhood than the one that than the one that I had. Right. I know. I absolutely, absolutely agree, hundred percent. Sure. Okay, well, th- you know, thank you for Gross for being here, man. You know, it's 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 great to kind of you know sit down. I know we haven't had a chance to hang out in a while like with COVID and everything, and then you know trying to figure out a time to get out to Phoenix and, and hang out with you guys again. But it's been awesome, dude, just to sit here and and, and you know rap a little bit about 
um, a lot of the stories that we had. I know there's I know there's a million stories that we haven't even touched on yet, but we'll have to we'll have to keep those for another show so we don't go you know too long here with that. But I mean, I know you and I can talk here for another another twenty hours about all the stuff you know growing up and in, in far more going to far more and pappies and all that kind of stuff. But we'll save we'll save all that stuff for another episode. And we'll definitely do another one, another Liberty Park show at some point. Definitely, definitely looking forward to it, and, and hopefully, you know, down the road here, I can hop on, you know, one of the other podcasts with you sure, guys. Sure, yeah, and, absolutely, you know, absolutely. I, I, I don't, I, I don't watch as much wrestling as I used to, just because, you know, we, we we've had our discussions why, but you know, I, I still got my two cents worth. So yeah, the thing too is we're we're starting to talk more and more about doing like um like career retrospectives on people too. So that's stuff that is is in your wheelhouse, you know, that we watched twenty years ago. So that might be that might be something that we can we can definitely do for sure. Okay. Awesome. Well, cool. I appreciate you guys have fun and I look forward to, you know, hearing the playback. Yeah, for sure, man. I want to thank Ann Carroll too, you know, for being here and thank my mom for uh, all the amazing pictures that she sent over and all her notes. Um, look, I, I don't know how often we're going to do these Andretti after dark shows. Um, but, um, but uh, you know, look, please, you know, please uh, check out the Podski, you know, rate review, download, um baker uh you know he's doing a lot of stuff right now with those vanderpump rules uh review shows with his wife i think they might be done now but they they had a lot of really good audio with that stuff so keep an eye out too for me and mongoose doing two for nail and hot shots wrestling alliance and again you can you can find us on social media the instagram is at the underscore podsky youtube at the podsky all one word you can find me on instagram too cambria county coroner all one word but thanks for listening, man. That was amazing. Probably also, you know, therapeutic. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. So, you know, Graz, go ahead and uh, ring ring the bell, Graz. Ding ding. Yeah, it goes to the universe. It goes to Mars. It goes to Neptune. It goes to Pluto. You know, I know you and all them planets, Jack. Because I know everything about you. I know your strengths. And I know your weaknesses, yeah. She took my credit card, she took my horse, she took my money, she went to Hawaii and spent $5,000 on assorted men and papaya juice gas. Will you stop? And the t-shirts are too tight too, Billy! But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. I don't know! It's still real to me, damn it! This is Stone Cold E.T., and I want to order a couple cheeseburgers, and that's the bomb line.